Jacob and Michael. All right, so <laughs> this is Back in Tunes, obviously, from when you clicked on it, you'd see it said Back in Tunes. If you're confused, sorry, uh, go see your uh, guide over there, and they'll direct you in the right direction for the podcast you want. So I guess we can't move that fast. What are we even talking about? Why are we here? Uh, that's Jacob on the other side. I'm Michael. We're going to be talking about Will Vinton. Um, he passed away a couple weeks ago. I, I wanted to get to the episode, but we had a Halloween episode scheduled, so we had to get that done first and then do this one. Uh, Will Vinton is kind of personal for me because most of animation takes place in Los Angeles. Will Vinton was a self-made man who created a studio here where I live, in Oregon, and, and specifically Portland, but he's also from McMinnville, which isn't too far away from here, and uh, I I think I remember sharing photos with you about the museum display, the gallery display is what I should say, not museum, um, at the uh, art gallery in McMinnville. Hmm, I, oh god, it's been a while, but I think I might have seen stuff like that. I remember seeing a few uh, clay figures from like his most important works, Yeah, including... Uh, if I remember correctly, The Life of Mark Twain. Yeah, I know, the funny thing is we are not going to discuss this one because I haven't seen that yet. I was going to save it. Me and uh, Andrew have been talking about doing it for What Did We Just Watch, a podcast he does about the strangest movies that have ever been made. And I've been told that The Adventures of Mark Twain is really bizarre. So I'm not going to discuss that one. I'm going to kind of skip over that. But um, did I send you a comic book that he did after he stopped doing animation? I feel like he did one. I can't remember what the hell it's called, like Knee High, Private Eye, or something like that. Like he's a spy, but he's a thumb thumb high. He's a really tiny spy. I can't remember what the hell it's called. <laughs> uh, knee High, Private Eye, I think it was a show on Comedy yeah, Central. Yeah, no, it, 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 I think that's an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon. What am I talking about? Um, okay, so uh, Will Vinton basically started doing short films. Uh, and sent him out to film festivals, and he got some notice by people in the industry. And that's when he started doing music videos for John Fogarty, uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Um, and then he got hired to do, uh, not technically like animated films, but like animated intros. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Brain Donors, which is a love letter to the Marx Brothers. Have you ever seen that one with John Turturro? No, I haven't actually. But as far as uh, animated openings... That I mean, did he do the one for uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse? No, I'm pretty sure it was, I think it was like Cloaky or something. I could be wrong. Um, it doesn't say that in his credits here. Uh, but you know, you you've seen Return to Oz, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Oh gosh, yeah, that um, that Troll King. Right, he does the animation for that, and that was kind of like his big breakthrough. People started knowing who he was around '85, and um, then he did uh, what was the one? He did the Michael Jackson ones. Um, Oh, yeah, Moonwalker. Oh, Moonwalker God. Yeah. and Captain EO, um, which I've never seen either one. And I've been, I think when we launch our new show next year where we just talk about all retro stuff, not specific genres or certain mediums, we should discuss all of the Michael Jackson short films Thriller, Captain EO, Moonwalker, Ghosts. I feel like there's a couple others in there. Yes. Oh, definitely. Oh, gosh. Um, regarding Moonwalker. Michael Jackson was like uh, – he was working on Bad. He was f finishing up that album. Uh, he worked with Will Vinton on the um, – don't just uh, – the Leave Me Alone music video. Oh, You know, okay, basically okay. a song about the pop – you know, telling the pop rock to get off his back, you know, with the uh, dancing uh, – with that dancing elephant man skeleton. 
I barely remember this video. I remember that video didn't do that well compared to his other stuff. I think it was part of like a greatest hits collection or something, right? Or a remix? Oh yeah. Oh definitely. It was definitely one of the his most memorable songs from Bad. But uh, from then on, that's when Michael recruited him for Moonwalker, and there was that whole uh, that whole sequence where Michael Jackson's just running away from his crazy fans, and all those people are like claymated and just looking so bizarre, all just to get his autograph. And then of course he hides in this bunny suit, which uh, ends up becoming a claymation uh, process. And then he starts dancing with the uh, bunny suit uh, near the end of that segment. Okay, that's it, weird. I will say I know it's a, it is it's a weird movie. It's what, like what uh, what's Moonwalker this movie actually about? about? I don't understand. Is I I only remember Moonwalker <laughs> as a video game for the Genesis. Oh yeah, it is, and uh, there was a video game based on that movie. Uh, it was just so random. There was it was just like all over the place. It might as well might as well have been something like uh, you know a million ta- oh, oh gosh, what's that one John May movie? Uh, Tales of the West. What movie? Who? Oh no, it was like four different. Se- it was like four different segments. Oh, okay. Into like so you're saying like an anthology film with one connecting device? And yeah. That's Michael Jackson. But I, all I remember is there's like a giant robot sequence and he's fighting Joe Pesci. I think. Exactly. That's what it was too. And Joe Pesci owed him a favor. Well, he owed uh, somebody a favor, like one of the producers uh, working on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but still, like I said, the whole movie was just like, uh, what the hell is this about? It was just bouncing around from place to place. And I guess the main segment was the Smooth Criminal segment, okay, which was pretty awesome. But the whole – again, all the claymation stuff was all Vint, uh, Vinton's work. Uh, heck, I even rewatched Speed Demon today, uh, you know, again, just to look at like, you know, how – you know, well, the uh, little claymation bunny uh, captured all of Michael Jackson's moves perfectly. Like, they got the animation down perfectly. You know, it's funny well, you say claymation, and that's a very common word to say now, but he created claymation. Before that, it was either stop-motion animation or that weird doughy f- – what would you call what Gumby was made out of? I don't even know what that was. Just clay? I mean, just – but not – it wasn't called claymation, but it was – I don't know, it just seemed different because the way that he does his animated movies in, in television shows, it's like a weird foam almost. The texture to it is completely different. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It was just some kind of weird – uh, throughout uh, the years, Will Vinton did start working with a few different materials. Uh, and by the time like computers were coming around, he uh, wanted to up it. <clears throat> it definitely helped the uh, animation process easier, you know, like constantly moving the clay, moving uh, – you know, changing the shapes, this and that. Yeah, well, it's speeding up the process because stop-motion animation is clearly one of the most time-consuming uh, forms of animation. Oh, I mean, oh, I, yes. I imagine, like, computer now, I feel like what they, they didn't do the in-betweens, what I've heard, is uh, back in the day, they had to do, like, Chuck Jones would do the extremes. And then he would have his animated staff do the movements in between the extremes, which were called in-betweens. And... Um, but then now the computer does it. They have the, the extremes, and the computer knows how to fill in that space, and it saves time. It's really weird. Definitely. I mean, uh, you look at Nightmare Before Christmas, and that took years to finish. Yeah, totally. But now you could probably do oh. that with a computer in a year and a half. I know. You just, like, you know, make the model out of clay and then just, you know, scan it, you know, then animate, then animate it itself. What was oh, the, what was the one that flushed away was supposed to be stop motion animation, but they used a computer program to make it look like it was. Same thing like with South Park, where it started off with little paper oh, cutouts, yeah. but now they use a computer technology to make it look like the paper cutouts. It's it's an odd imitation. Indeed, uh, and the way it just you know flows so smoothly, it's like wait a minute, this can't be traditional like you know claymation or any of that. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, Will Vinton, again, he was behind so many ideas. Like, heck, his studio, and I think someone under him, created the Arnold uh, Does This. Or, uh, I forget what the short stories were called exactly. Oh, oh you mean how it became uh, Hey Arnold? Exactly. I was like, holy crap, one of my favorite cartoons growing up in the 90s, you know. Something I wanted to stay in Saturday night for. It's like, oh, hey, our Arnold's going to come on. All right, cool. Let's stop playing outside. Let's go back in the house now. The uh, So he did that, and there's another one that he did the pilot for. It did get picked up as a series, but it's completely different. I sent you the, the footage of it. It's called Slacker Cats. The texture yes. and the oh, beauty. Gosh. That was the most layered of all of his works. And it didn't get picked up by Fox. And it got picked up, I want to say, by the Family Channel or whatever the hell it was called at the time. What is the Family Channel? It went from ABC Family to Freeform, mm-hmm. right? I think. Yeah, before that it was like know. Fox Family. and um, So here, so Slacker Cats, I actually watched it when it first started airing. This is one of those first shows they started showing on YouTube first to build an audience. And it lasted, I think, two seasons. But when it did get picked up by ABC Family, it was no longer claymation. It was really shitty, flat um, flash animation. Real stiff mm. movements. The cast is completely different. The storyline is kind of different. But he still gets credit because he did the original pilot. So um, I, I say you can find it on um, on uh, YouTube. Check it out because it's way better than the final product. Okay, yeah, definitely do. Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, when it came, uh, one of his works um that i was like most familiar with especially growing up as a kid and i loved eddie murphy was the pjs yeah definitely um, oh my god <laughs> the pjs was frustrating for me though because that was one of those shows that seemed to constantly be preempted because fox had a bad habit for a long time of debuting a show but guess what they also have sports going at the same time so every once in a while it'll air futurama being the biggest curse of all i could go two months without seeing an episode of futurama because baseball went over, football went over, just and that's what happened to the PJs, and um, then they moved it over to the UPN, I think, for a year or two, and by then Eddie Murphy wasn't even around. They replaced him with like another cast member because I guess he just lost interest and, and would rarely show up for recordings. Man, I know. Oh gosh, that does suck. I mean, to know that in particular because I loved uh, Eddie Murphy's voices. Pretty pretty much, he was. Uh, um, Oh, Cletus Clump from <laughs> the Nutty Professor. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I still find myself to this day. The show was twenty years ago almost, and I find myself going, "Holy Moesha!" <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, especially when his uh, old neighbor uh, gets robbed, and all of a sudden he walks in, like <laughs> she's 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 bare naked. He's like, "Oh, good God!" <laughs> I um I just love the look. Now I'm looking this up here. He actually did change it. It's not clay. In the '90s, he created foam rubber which is called foamation, and um, the chemicals would not separate and deteriorate, and the the characters would fall apart. It saved a lot of time by creating that method. So there's another thing that he created. And I'm looking here, there's another thing for, okay, we're going to talk about this here in a bit. My favorite, I would say definite top five um, animated series is Gary and Mike, and he created a new digital video capture system, which also sped things up. They could move the camera around while... They were recording, and they didn't have to worry about, oh, did the character move out of place? Did they have to fix this? Um, now, I sent you some of Gary and Mike. I'm sure you didn't get to watch all of them, but I've been through the whole series many times. What did you think of it? Yeah. 
I did watch the first episode, and I'm like thinking it's definitely a little bit more cracked out version of The Odd Couple. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus Christ, his dad, what he'll do to him if that car does go missing? Yeah. I'm like Jesus. Uh, did you recognize and that voice, by the way, his dad? Oh gosh, was that um? Oh my God, why am I forgetting? Uh, Red and uh, RoboCop. Uh, ah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Why? Okay. Hold on. What is the fuck is his name? I was thinking more of Brian Cranston plays. Okay, so Gary and Mike. Mike is the tightly wound up version of everybody you've ever known, like me. Um, he, he, he's super nervous all the time and stressed out because his dad's a psychopath, played by Brian Cranston, who's an ex-military tough guy. And he demands that once his son graduates from college, that he's going to hit the road. It's, it's a journey of being a man. He's going to drive from the West Coast to the East Coast and then back uh, on the Lewis and Clark right. Trail because I get, I, that he was an ancestor of Lewis and Clark. And um, he's supposed to go by himself, but he ends up taking his friend Gary. No, hold on, I got it backwards. Mike is the Mike is the crazy one. Gary is a stressed out one. Um, and immediately, I mean, within just like mere moments of them hitting the road together, their car gets stolen. I think they end up like eating a rabbit who's someone's pet, uh, getting accosted by rednecks, and they, and they think they're like from Deliverance. He's like, "Girl, damn it, I'm sick and tired of everybody thinking that when we pull them over, we're gonna do butt stuff with them." I hate that movie. We don't even like banjos. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I know that was like your stereotypical. Red. <laughs> yeah, and then the series just gets crazier oh, and crazier. God. There's there's episodes where they go to New York, um, and no, no, Chicago, and then they get on the Jerry Springer show. And he has to confront his dad live on television. And uh, I just remember one of my favorite jokes is they're in this really, really shitty hotel. And um, Gary decides he has to use the bathroom, but he's absolutely terrified. And he's in this nasty, nasty ass stall. And he holds himself up all by the walls, like he's holding himself by the walls of the stall. Not bare. Now he just wants, he's going to drop the poop. <laughs> he's going to drop the poop down. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he looks over and someone's staring at him through a um. Fuck, what are they called? You know the little holes where you're supposed to take your dick through? Um, uh, oh, glory hole. Glory hole. There's a guy staring at him through the glory hole. He goes, what you doing? Pooping? And Gary freaks out and falls straight to the toilet, which is the most nasty thing you've ever seen in your life. And then he goes <laughs> he goes back. He cleans himself off. He goes back to the bedroom, goes to lay down. And the guy looks at another people. He goes, what you doing? Sleeping? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. That was crazy. <laughs> But yeah, oh man, no, um, oh gosh, Kurtwood Smith, that's thank who you, it was, thank that's you, a great officer you. dick. Do you fly, Bobby? Yeah, can you fly, Bobby? They, they <laughs> no, get and then to, they Harlan get to, Williams was the voice of Mike. Yeah, Harlan Williams is so good at this. I mean, they end up at like in a dead festival where uh, Gary drops acid, and while he's out, he thinks he marries some hippie girl and he inherits a whole family. Um there's another one where they, they go to they go to Florida because their best friends are in a band called Raise a Cat, which is this really shitty heavy metal band, and they sing like uh, like poison version of like classic love songs and something like that. It's really uh, uh, they do they do walk like an Egyptian. It's really funny, but you know they end up getting caught up in this whole witness protection thing and ruining it. Everything they touch inadvertently or um, on purpose is poison they're just disaster prone they're the funniest duo and this show i think it lasted like seven episodes on upn i taped every episode i could i was obsessed with it. and this is back when upn 
Well, hold on. Uh, there's different uh, areas of this country where we got UPN as a whole network. Did you get that as a whole network, or was it syndicated? Oh, I think it was a whole network. Okay. See, I lived in Indiana, and we ran out of stations because uh, Fox and uh, the WB took them up. So UPN would rerun all their stuff on Fox late Saturday and Sunday. So right before Saturday Night Live would start, I would watch Gary and Mike. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I never, ever watched this as a kid, but God, I wish I did. Yeah, they, they, I remember they packaged it up. When Adult Swim took off, Comedy Central decided to compete. They bought the rights to Futurama, um, uh, not 3 South, that other one, Undergrads, and Gary and Mike and aired them Sundays at 11. And I, that's when I finally caught every episode. My favorite one is uh, they go to, like, Mall of America, and Bare Naked Ladies make an appearance um, – Oh, awesome. And they're, they're really good in that, too. And it almost feels like it's inspiring. Remember that music video, Pinch Me, where they're working in a hot dog stand? Oh, yeah, Pinch Me. Oh, yeah, when they're in the fast food place and everything's, like, going backwards. Yeah, well, that whole episode of Gary and Mike is set in a hot dog joint where in order to compete against the other hot dog place in the mall, which is the evil hot dog place, they enter this huge, con- <laughs> they enter this huge contest, which is, like... This evil Knievel thing where they're jumping over vats of grease, they're they're flying around with their little hot dog sticks, whatever, and they're throwing hot dogs in the air, and he's got to catch them in certain ways, whatever, and compete with somebody else. And the, the other place just has strippers, <laughs> just has strippers who lick hot dogs, and it's just, oh my god, I can't. Every time, every episode is so amazing. There's one where they go to Hollywood, and um, they meet. Um, they're trying to find the scene, the hot scene in Hollywood, and they're nobody, so it's going to be really, really hard. And they run into this uh, Veronica Baxter, and she's like the star of uh, Make Home, uh, Make Room for Mommy kind of uh, uh, 70s sitcom. But now she's like wigged out on drugs, and she's horny as hell, and, and she looks like a dried out. She looks like a dried out wallet. She's she's had way too many, too much alcohol, too many tanning sessions, and she's desperate desperate to trap Gary and Mike in there forever. And when you walk through the doorways, there's a laugh track and she makes them reenact like all the scenes from the TV show. But at the same time, she's also trying to fuck them. And then she dies. <laughs> she dies. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? And they got to get rid of her body. <laughs> and they try to get help from their best friend from high school. Or Gary, uh, Mike's best friend from high school. So, you know, he's a little sketchy and he's completely wigged out on meth. And he gets them caught up in drug dealers and a fake Gwyneth Paltrow who happens to be a man who Mike sleeps with. And, you know, they end up taking the body to a morgue. And it turns out at, in, in the back of the morgue is actually where the big Hollywood scene is, where all the famous people are. <laughs> Was that actually Gwyneth Paltrow who voiced the fake Gwyneth Paltrow? No, no. But here's the thing is they have the body with them the entire time. And 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 they take her to the morgue. <laughs> And all these famous celebrities and agents see her there. And they're like, Veronica Baxter, I haven't seen her in a while. And they both look at each other and they start calling up their agent. Like, book me Veronica Baxter right now. She's dead. She's hotter than she's ever been in 30 years, but she's dead. (laughs) 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 Fuck, I love this show. And nobody ever remembers it. It's so, all the episodes are on YouTube. You know, no one's going to put them on a DVD. I'll tell you this. I was so desperate for new episodes that I didn't already have off television. I bought an Emmy tape. Um, with four episodes on it off of eBay for like $30 back in 2004. Good lord. Yeah, and the tape was fucked up, and I didn't care. It was like rolling and stuff like that. But um, yeah, PJ's is the one that's remembered, but Gary and Mike's the one that just absolutely kills me. I love it so much. 
Oh, God, yeah, especially knowing that I have to watch more episodes. Yeah, Jesus. It, it just gets crazier and crazier. Every episode is just complete madness. Um, where we, Oh, yeah, so before he did all this, he was doing tons of commercials. So he did this stuff for the music videos. He had done the stuff for Return to Oz. He had done uh, a couple claymation episodes for, like, Christmas specials on CBS. But what made him a phenomenon were commercials. And nobody seems to remember the Noid. He was like synonymous in the late '80s, early '90s. You know, Domino's. Oh my God, little... no, I... Was that? Yeah, no, I remember. I think you sent me a clip of that. I think I remember seeing that briefly once. Uh, uh, that little Noid. Yeah, you were really. And young, I ended though, up watching. This... Yeah, when this hit big, you might have been three or four at most. There was even a video yeah. game of it. Oh my God. Yeah. Dang, no, that's something I have to watch. Do you um do you remember the spot, the Seven Up spot when he was like um. A stop motion character. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. He was. Oh my. He was a mascot for yeah, Seven Up. Yeah. He, had a, like, he had a video game for the Genesis, and that game is friggin' awesome. The Noid game sucks. I remember it sucking ass. Oh. You had to buy. I think. Well, you had I, to, you, to... I think you could buy in stores. I think you had to buy like eighty pizzas in order to get one. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant, but I need this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a collector's item. But yeah, no, I would not order Domino's, sadly, no. no the, the Domino's we have here, for some reason, is way better than all the other ones I've ever had. They have a Brooklyn-style pizza, which, uh, big foldable slices. Mm-mm-mm. Like thin, big old slices. Oh, yeah. Delicious. I mean, it's nowhere nearly as good as even Sparrow, which I know is kind of mediocre pizza, but it's still, you know, my jam when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, man, for me, it was like uh, Mountain Mike's or Round Table. I've never had Mountain Mike's. I hate Round Table. I don't know. I understand the phenomenon of that one. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, to each their own. Something when I say pizza sweets oh, no, is no, no, the no. greatest pizza in the world, people are like, uh, "What?" Yeah, no, that was more like of a like a, a what kind <laughs> of like. Uh, uh, California uh, raisins was another big breakthrough for him, and yes, I remember those commercials, and they were really cool. I even had a little like three inch figure, like maybe not three inch, but it was the size of one of those little Smurf dolls of a couple of the raisins. I think my mom had a couple of those things, too, actually. I think I remember her getting us a couple of these. Like, they were that memorable. Yeah, and then, the, what is it, the Temptations was the... Was it the Temptations or was it the Four Tops? Whatever, they became really popular again and started going on tour because of these cartoons. Oh, my God, yeah. I think they did. Did they ever do one of the Beach Boys? They might have. I don't know if it stopped at uh, R&B, 60s R&B. I can look that up sometime. Um Okay. Here's the one that I don't remember is the claymated M&M's uh, cartoons. I, I only know the CGI ones that we've known for, what, the last, what, 15 years that are so popular? Yeah, oh, God, ever since I was a kid. I know, yeah, no, Will Vinton was the inspiration behind all that. I was like, oh, damn. I was thinking, it's like, really every time you go that. to see a movie, they have that thing where they're attached, they're stuck to, a, like, um, a rocket ship, and one of them's trying to undo the bomb, and he's like, hey, buddy, turn off your phone, we're trying to watch the movie here. This is why people don't go to movies, and then he just leaves them there. <laughs> is the <laughs> clock supposed to be ticking? Yes, you're all going to die. And, of course, we got that amazing Billy West who voices over the red Eminem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's a, there is a project that Will Vint was never able to do, and I only know about this because it's at his gallery. Is uh, God, I, I'm still angry with myself now that I never went to go see any of his panels. Once or twice a year, he would host a panel in... Uh, in Portland, and for some reason, I just like, oh, I'll find the time eventually. Now he's dead, and I never get to go, and I'm pissed. But um, 
he created uh, Princess and the Frog, like a demo reel for a, a, a claymation version of Princess and the Frog. And oh, he, wow. But yeah, but even a couple years ago, he was still holding out on making it. And I was like, dude, they, they made a Disney one. They're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Sadly, no, they wouldn't. That would be something to see. And I'm sure Vin would get the uh, get it right down to the core and you know, portray it perfectly. Yeah, I don't and know. I still I haven't seen the Disney one, though. I'm looking. Oh, you haven't? It's, it's, it's okay. It was a nice love letter to a hand-drawn animation because they hadn't done any in a while. Um, and here it is. It's, it was that comic book that he did for Dark Horse Comics that I sent you is called Jack Hightower. I'm pretty Jack sure Jack Hightower. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'll have to look for it again. Yeah. I had to. I had to clean up. Oh, I cleaned up my room so I could have more feet space and. Because <laughs> yeah, I sent you I'll, so many uh... damn comic books. <laughs> you don't have to keep those, by well, the way. Uh... You don't like them. Give them to charity. Donate them, and someone can sell them for to raise money for something. Oh, for sure. I mean, I definitely do. Well. As far as it goes for like all the uh, Ghost Rider, oh, I'm definitely keeping those. Okay. I definitely... Yeah, I just kind of overwhelm you Everything sometimes. Everything like... Marvel, like even like a lot of the uh, Dark Horse stuff that you sent me or huh. the uh, Valiant, I'm definitely keeping those. Uh, the quirky ones, I'm definitely, uh, uh, I'm definitely keeping that Kelly Green one. But I'll have to look for that uh, High Tower. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I sent I'm it to you, sure. but um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, a little experiment from him. Um, okay, so here's the controversial thing that people give a lot of shit to. But you got to understand, Will Vinton was huge until about 92, 93, and then the bottom fell out. He wanted to make more movies instead of just commercials. He couldn't afford to. So he sold part of the studio to uh, Phil Knight, who owns Nike. And uh, the thing is, they never end up making a movie. That's the weirdest thing is, I wonder how much Nike dumped into Will Vinton's studio and was never able to make a movie. That had to piss them off. I shoot, I wouldn't have doubted it. That definitely should would have. I mean, it. <clears throat> I think I remember seeing uh, in this little documentary video of someone who talked about the work of Will Vinton, and like again, uh, that whole uh, Nike deal of, or getting that movie never went through. I, it, who knows? It probably could have been just as magical as you know the Mark Twain film, or even better. But we'll never know. Yeah, and of course he had the big boom in the late 90s with PJs and uh, uh, Gary and Mike. But then again, too many people on staff. He still wants to make movies, but they're losing money. They can't keep people uh, employed. They're losing money like crazy. So Nike says, look, we're removing you from your studio. And at first I was pissed. You know, I just – I was like, how dare you take away a studio? But if he wasn't making a profit and he owed people money, well, of course you're going to get removed. So now I, I, I understand. And what, what they've done with the studio, you know, rebranded as Leica, and the films they put out have been phenomenal. Hmm. Wait, which ones have they done? Well, they, the first one they did was Coraline with um, Henry Selleck, oh, yes. which, of course, is a big breakthrough. That was a, a critical uh, – actually, all their movies have been loved critically, and all their movies do okay – they don't really make a ton of money in theaters. I think they usually break about even with theatrical, you know, including the international. All the money that they really make is from video, and these movies sell very well. So it started off with Coraline, then three years I later, it. it was Paranorman. Loved it. Uh, Box Trolls. I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't seen that one either. Um, Kubo and the Two Strings, which is... Um, Loved it. It's like a different way of doing the stop-motion animation. They look different, and it's much more action-oriented. And Travis Knight, his son... See, and this is the other thing. They gave him a bunch of grief because not only did he take the studio away from Will Vinton, they gave it to Travis Knight, and it's like, well, it's nepotism, that's your son. Well, guess what? Travis Knight actually worked for Will Vinton for years, learning 
the craft. You know, his name is on the credits for PJs and uh, Gary and Mike and, and I think Slacker Cat. So he knew what he was doing. And yes, nobody else would have been handed the studio if their father wasn't the owner, probably. But he is clearly True. he's clearly steered in the right direction. They're making a profit, a modest profit, not a big profit. They're making critically acclaimed films that are getting Oscar nominations. And Travis Knight is now directing Bumblebee, which is a massive studio movie, which is trying to save the Transformers franchise. And you've got to give him credit for that. Exactly. And from what we've seen of the trailer so far, I'm actually hopeful for it. And they've captured the original 80s uh, Transformers looks. You saw Soundwave with the little um, cassette tape going into nice. his chest. Yeah, but it just sucks that it's released on the same weekend as Aquaman. But uh, Alita Battle Angel got pushed to February. Did it? I was wondering. There's way too many movies coming out at one time. Mm. What was they saying? Oh, yeah, because okay. what was the guy's name? He was on um, Mission Impossible, the new series. His dad was in the original series. He plays that... Um, OJ lawyer kind of guy on Seinfeld. Oh, okay. oh, I, I will eat your face. Phil Morris. <laughs> Phil Morris. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Phil Morris. I freaking love Phil Morris. Yeah, so he took over as the voice. Uh, oh, I forgot he played John Jones in uh, Smallville. Okay. Oh, wow. Mm. And Kevin Michael Richardson. Can't forget him. Yeah, so he ended up taking over because he just so rarely would show up in the last season. But yeah, um, a lot. I completely lost my path. I am really tired, so I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh, Jacob, is there anything you want to say about this before we go? I would love to see more uh, claymation-style films, and the legacy of Wilbin is is definitely being passed on and done right. I wonder. He, they haven't said anything, but I wonder if Ardman Studios, who do like Wallace and Gromit and uh, Shot in the Sheep and stuff like that, are were influenced by him. Oh, dude, I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt it. Well, you're really breathing into that mic. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, no. That's, no, that's, okay. that's actually my facial hair. Oh, Just okay. Up again. All right, everybody. So <laughs> check us out on Facebook under um, Retro Rock Entertainment, Back in Tunes, whatever you choose. Choose your adventure, kids. And Jacob, send us out. All right, everyone. Namaste and good luck. Namaste. Good enough. What? <laughs> Shut up. I'm trying to... Stop this episode. It's back in tunes. It's a last minute uh, raw edition. The reason I say that is because it sounds a little rough and we're doing this quickly. Uh, we forgot it's the 25th anniversary of uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And uh, we're going to do a quick discussion about what I believe is still the quintessential Batman film. Jacob, what do you think? Oh, I, I, well, first, let me just uh, let me just say that I'm a little ashamed of myself that we forgot to do this episode because I'm a huge Batman fan. I mean, personally, like, I've loved Tim Burton's uh, movies. I love, um, of course, the Christopher Nolan trilogy, and I love Ben Affleck's interpretation. I want to see Matt Reeves' Batman movies, but those need to get rolling. But this is definitely, along with the animated series, 
is the best interpretation of Batman. You get to see like the character death of you know Bruce Wayne, his mentality. You also get to see uh, you know the death of his villains, and in Mask of the Phantasm, you get to see his relate uh, how a relationship with this woman Andrea Beaumont like has so much uh, effect on him to right. the point where he considers not becoming Batman. Yeah, it's it's. Of course, it is still in the Batman animated series universe, which they make no mention of it outside of the movie. This is like one of those one-and-done kind of storylines. And Sub-Zero being another one, that one actually is still tied to the animated series. Um, but there's been about a hundred Batman animated movies since then. Like, this is that launching point. They realize that you can make a shit ton of cash on video. Because you and I discussed this numerous times before... This was a flop in theaters because they released it at the, like the last minute with like one month notice, no trailers. It cost six million dollars, only brought in five and a half million dollars. And I didn't realize that it only see nowadays when movies come out at Christmas, there's like 20 movies to compete with, so it makes sense when a movie tanks. This only went up against Tombstone and Grumpy Old Men, two completely different audiences. Exactly, and as you said, like they weren't really pushing out, you know, advertisements or uh, commercializing it. Therefore, it couldn't make much. It didn't make much money, but it was still a huge success with critics. Yeah, if I if I remember correctly, this was originally designed to be a direct-to-video movie in the first place, but it was so good that Warner Brothers thought, "Hey, let's put about ten million dollars into releasing this." Yeah, uh, they didn't do that. Not, yeah. I mean, I knew it as a little kid because, you know, I read Batman on the little headline, but, of course, my mom decided not to take me. <laughs> yeah, this uh, I didn't see it till video, and I was absolutely astounded. It's a very short film. I mean, that's the way a lot of these direct-to-video animated films are in the first place. They're like 70, 80 minutes long at most. Um, but I'm thinking, besides The Killing Joke, this is the only Batman movie to be in theaters, correct? Oh, well, there's... No, sorry, I forgot Lego Batman. Oh, yeah, Lego... <laughs> That I love, too. I'm not going to lie. Will Arnett was funnier than hell. Yeah. Completely different beast, though. Um, this one is uh, that noir uh, homage, you know, the way that the series was. Much more mature, I think, in its themes than normal for a superhero movie, uh, you know, for any of the kids. You know, a lot of this is just about death and revenge. And it's, it's like, well, that's a different level for uh, animated movies at the time. Yeah. Well, it being for Bruce, like, revenge is, like, almost an everyday thing. He's, you know, Batman. He's unleashing his anger and fury and hatred out on the criminals that uh, are of the same caliber as the one who killed his parent. Yeah, but the differences between Phantasm and Batman is one kills, one doesn't. Of course. And the thing about Phantasm, it's only a select group of, like, uh, gangsters that were involved with this investment with uh, Andrea's, uh, Andrea Beaumont's uh, father. Mm-hmm. Who's voiced by uh, Stacy Keach? Correct. Yeah, and Mike Hammer. Aha, that's or or Titus's is. dad. Titus. That, uh, probably our generation knows him better from that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he was also in. Uh, oh, gosh, American History X. Yeah, he's in Cell. He's in um, uh, Escape from L.A. Um, he's the guy who basically is his liaison. Who gives him all his weaponry and tells him yeah. the rules of getting the president's daughter out? Yeah, he's a. Uh, I've read stories about him through David Carradine's biography, and that he was super intense, and that he always got in trouble for doing, you know, uh, drugs. And in fact, if I remember correctly, the Mike Hammer TV show was a smash sensation on CBS back in the mid '80s, 
and they had to cancel it after its second season because he got busted for drugs over in London and he was kept in jail for a little while so he could not come back to film the third season so they canceled it and then like three years later they brought it back again and it's his most successful character I think he did a total of like six movies and uh, it came back again in the 90s as a one season syndicated uh, continuation well that sounds like a lot of fun yeah, well, it's the old tough guy noir shows. Uh, those are gone. And I, I feel like they should have a comeback, but, you know, some of them haven't aged well. A lot of my camera's uh, characteristics were, you know, betting women and ditching them and sometimes being rough with women when we want answers from them. Yeah, that doesn't age too well, you know, nowadays. Oh, definitely not. I mean, you kind of realize you get like, uh, yeah, no, that's not, that's not cool. It's a little... Yeah, no, that, that's not a little. That's very bad. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Who else we have? We have Dana Delaney the, um, as Andrea. Yeah. We also have Abe Vigoda as uh, <laughs> Salvatore Moroni. Abe Vigoda, the guy who right – the running joke. I don't know if you watched Conan O'Brien the first handful of seasons, but there was a running joke on Conan O'Brien that Abe Vigoda was dead, and then Abe Vigoda would slowly walk out from the backstage <laughs> – and wander in, and people were just like, oh, he's not dead, but he looks like he's dead. I can't tell. <laughs> Is he a zombie? Okay. I know. Look, who, or look who's talking. Well, of course, Godfather. That was like one yeah. of the biggest roles. Well, and Fish. Then, of course, there was Fish on uh, Barney Miller. Oh, that's right. And then there was uh, Look Who's Talking. He was John Travolta's dad. But Candy the Bastard stole my candy. <laughs> I didn't. You have an Abe Vigoda. I'm, I'm shocked by this. You keep surprising me uh, with your impersonations. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I didn't realize this was... I've never read Batman Year 2, but I didn't realize this was inspired by it. So the Phantasm is in place of the character the Reaper, which a a character I don't know outside of that storyline in Batman. Uh, Phantasm, it's a truly fascinating character. Visually, it's dynamic, and they've never found a way to continue it. And it just seems like they're somewhere in there. Because, you know, she kind of gives up the character. Wait, does she die? I, I... did I just miss the end? Did I forget the end? Does she die or is she alive? Oh no, she's alive at the end. Okay. Uh, you because when Bruce is like contemplating and you know after what just happened after she took the Joker with her, yeah, that was another huge part of the uh, plot. Uh, the Joker was the one who actually did the deed of killing her dad. Okay, okay. He was a henchman for them. You know, it looks like here that Stacy Keach actually did the voice. They had him. Oh yes, for the. Fi- Okay, okay, that, that makes much more sense. Because they, the they would have to warp yeah. the hell out of uh, Dana Delaney's voice in order to get there. Right. They used Stacy Keach, who was also the voice of Andrea's father. Right. So, yeah, they had to warp it, make it sound like he's an actual ghost. And it kind of worked on the bat. Well, if any of the bad guys actually recognized that it was his voice, then yeah, it would have worked. Hart Bachner is Arthur Reeves. Now, Hart Bachner is known from being in Die Hard. Hans Booby. <laughs> oh, God. Now, you know, I thought that it was actually, um, oh, Tate Donovan. I actually thought it was Tate Donovan who did that voice, uh, the voice of Arthur Reeves. Oh, okay, Hercules. Was the, uh, councilman. Yeah, but no, it wasn't. It was Hart Bachner. I was completely wrong. Holy shit. Also, from Die Hard, we have uh, Robert Costanzo. I didn't realize that he did the voice of Harvey Bullock. Robert Costanzo looks like Harvey Bullock. He's a... Uh, Okay, do you remember Die Hard 2 when there's the two brothers 
that are cops. It's the guy from NYPD Blue. What the hell's his name? Um, Shit. Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz and his brother shows up in the car. And, uh, you know, he's got one of those kind of New York voices. Like, he's got baloney in his cheek when he's talking to you. Uh, yeah, he plays Harvey yeah. Bullock. Yeah, no, that's what I... Oh, yeah, he was also the voice of Phil in the uh, Disney Hercules animated series. And Kingdom Hearts, of course. Oh, you were wrong earlier. Yeah, Chucky, no, Chucky Soul is done by Dick Miller. Um, a Vagoda is Salvatore. Dick Miller, if uh, people know... Balestra, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah, Joe Dante movies very well. Uh, Dick Miller played his neighbor. Um, the fuck was his name in Gremlins? You know, he comes in the second one, comes to visit Mr... I have to look this up. Oh, Futterman, Mr. No, Futterman. No, hold on. I, yes, there's Mr. Futterman. He was also in... Uh, he was a garbage man in the Burbs. And he was also in... Uh, he was also in Terminator. He was the uh, gun... Oh, he was yeah. The gun he's in Demon Knight. Uh, I remember that. And he's in uh, the original Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's still alive, too. Oh. Uh, wait, wasn't he in, uh, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, it was with, uh, Ethan Hawke, River Phoenix, uh, Explorers. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I'm sure that was a Joe Dante movie, too. I'm sure, I think that was, like, Joe Dante's thing was to have Dick Miller, um, in all of his movies is, like, a good luck charm. Oh, no, yeah, he definitely, I think he definitely was, because, yeah, he, you're right, it is a Joe Dante film. But anyway, one of the few Joe Dante movies always... I don't really care for, I know people who just worship Explorers, I'm like, eh, it's okay, eh. Um, John P. Ryan plays Buzz Bronski. John P. Ryan was one of those actors, like, late in life. Like, in, uh, I want to say it's the 60s is when he became a name, because he's in this movie that's really, really good. And it's the only canon movie I know that was nominated for an Oscar. And, uh, where did that voice ask you? Uh, it was called Runaway Train. And it has, um... That's what I thought it was. Shit, uh, Runaway Train, John Voight, Eric Roberts, and Rebecca De Mornay, and it's one of these super intense, balls-to-the-wall action movies that somehow was a huge flop for Cannon, but got nominated for a couple Oscars because the acting is fantastic. And he plays the nemesis of John Voight, this brutal prison guard, or uh, a warden, oh, wow. and uh, that got him some notoriety. So he's in a bunch of like really shitty, low-budget action movies around the time, Avenging Force, uh, Death Wish 4... Stuff like that. And oh, uh, he only had a decade of where like he could get a, like, a regular job because he was so good in Runaway Train. It's just amazing that he acted for like 60 years and only like a chunk of it was uh, where he was really not having to search for work. Yeah, no, uh, I'll have to look into that movie. I definitely want to. It it's shows up. It's like a, it's, it's um, MGM movie, and most of MGM's catalog is always on one of those streaming sites for free, like Voodoo and stuff right. like that. Um you can probably find it there. I'll let you know if I find it and check it out. It's uh, it's really, really good. It's it's basically – I mean we're going off a tangent here, but it's basically about these two guys who break out of this insanely bad prison, like in the middle of nowhere. They hop on a train. turns out the train some, – something goes wrong, and it is now like speed. And it is uh, – oh. it's faster and faster and faster, and there's nothing there to stop it, and it's going to crash, and everybody oh. on it is going too fast to jump off. And it's going to crash, and they're going to die. It's crazy, and they're just trying whatever they can to slow it down. Okay, yeah, no, that. Well, let's not deny that Canon Pictures were definitely influences on a lot of big hits. Yeah. that came out throughout the fall. It's just section. most of their movies were garbage. Speaking of DC Comics, yeah, yeah they fucked up Superman. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Yeah, big, big God, did they? But anyway, uh, back to the voice cast. 
of course, you've got the recurring people from the television show, like Kevin Conroy as right. Batman, who, honestly, whenever it comes to reading a comic book, a Batman comic book, or if he has an appearance, it's always Kevin Conroy's voice that I hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I can't, yeah. Uh, whenever someone else hops into the role, I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, I don't know. I do like uh, Ben Affleck's interpretation. No, I mean when it's the animated I'm, voice. When someone else does the animated voice, oh, they yeah. get thrown oh. off by yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, but then there's Jason O'Mara from... Uh, He's okay. Was it? General uh, Hospital and Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, why did I think he was on Dollhouse? That's weird. Yeah, that too, I think. Okay. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, Jason O'Mara does a good job, but it's like it's always Kevin Conroy. But, I mean, even in the video games, the Arkham video games, it's Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as Joker. Oh, gosh. Mark Hamill, again, like whenever it comes to uh, Joker in a graphic novel or a, a, the same with Kevin Conroy, it's always his voice as Joker. Yeah, the one thing, uh, Kevin Conroy, I didn't even know this until I started rewatching Cheers, is that's his first thing, was that he was in an arc on Cheers, I think like in the sixth season. And um, that's how he kind of, you know, got his first like notoriety in Hollywood. Then he ended up on the first half of season one of Tour of Duty, which is a Vietnam show. Um, and he gets killed off like in episode 10 or something like that. And it's really like shocking and brutal. And you, you don't expect it to happen because he's like the guy who guides them. And he's it's amazing that deep, deep voice comes out of somebody so rail thin. And actually, other than that, Tour of Duty, I don't know him from any other, actual, you know, on screen. It's usually just his voice work now. Yeah, no, because I haven't really seen him. Oh, well, he made a little appearance in uh, Yoga Hosers by Kevin Smith. Does he do other voice work? That I'm not sure of. See, Mark Hamill, I you know, know, is in, like, everything. You're constantly seeing his uh, voice show up in animated shows, movies, video games, stuff like that. But other than that, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, again, uh, Kevin Conroy, yeah, is all I know for Batman. And, my God, is he perfect for it. Totally. I mean, he brought, he brought back that, like, well... I think it was Michael Keaton who kind of brought the dark sound to his voice. You know, they'd like change it around. Oh, you mean instead of the Adam West, uh, Robin? Yeah. I don't know. I can't do. Oh, I can't do an Adam oh, West impersonation. But he always said that kind of breathy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a try. Okay. Oh God, Robin! I think I had too much coffee. My bowels were acting up. No. Bowels. No, no, that was a no. <laughs> that was awful. Thank I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's like the only yeah, time no, you've ever um, every once in a blue moon you, you can't get it you know like i think you tried to do a jeff goldwyn and it didn't work we're like okay so that one out of every 20 you can't get but seriously you have an ape pagoda i don't okay, know yeah. anybody who does an ape pagoda just be sure to look behind the check is to find steve Gutenberg. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah that, no, that, mark that, hamill oh my god yeah, so I, I got this for uh, pretty cheap. They, they sell it on digital sites for pretty cheap. Sometimes you get it streaming for free, too. I say highly check it out. I, I totally recommend this one. And, and we're going to try to do another mini so down the road for Sub-Zero uh, because that's still in the same universe. It was after Sub-Zero is when the DC universe started altering a bit. Like, we still have the Justice League TV show. But then we started having, like, what is it, 2005, 2006 is when we started having the straight-to-video movies. And that's when they just started catching all different people. It's completely out of the timeline. Um, so for me, it's like from 92 when they launched the original series to when did, when did Justice League end? 2005? That's like the 2006, heart. 2006, I believe. See, that, that, that is the heart right there. That is that chunk. And Kim Conroy is part of that whole deal. 
Like before that, I think it was um, Adam West did a lot of the voice work. We're going to do that next. We're going to do the uh, Super Friends, the different, the four or five different iterations of the uh, Super Friends for our next episode. Hopefully we can fix these audio problems oh, too. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I did. I'm sorry. Well, if you have the DC Universe app, uh, you can get all uh, seasons one through nine of the Super Friends. No. And you can also get, yeah, you can get access to a lot of stuff. Do they so have far. that shitty TV movie challenge of the Super Friends or what that was where it's all live action? Yes. They do. Oh my god! They yeah, watch that. that. Did they have the Justice League TV show pilot from 1997? Uh, I, the live action one. I don't think they have that. One. Yeah, the one where it was all the misfits, where it was like Booster Gold and the Atom and uh, Man, Marshall Manhunter, Guy Gardner. Oh my god, we got we got to find that one and talk about it. But they do have the old Well, this was before Linda Carter. They have the old Wonder Woman movie. Okay, with um the what's that Olympic lady? The uh, Kathy Lee Crosby, I think. Was she yeah, blonde? Want blonde they have woman? That. Okay. They have, yep. That's crazy. So they push everything. They how have much a is lot this? Of stuff. How much is this? Not to be not to plug though. Seven ninety nine. So that's not bad. Um, I heard they're gonna get some more yeah, original programming. I saw has... the trailer for Doom Patrol. It didn't look bad. It looked like television. Oh my god, though. no, I loved it. <laughs> that was one of my favorite episodes on Titans. Titans, I think, is a very good show. It really is. It throws you off with the trailer. Yeah. But then you watch it and you're like, fuck. That, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, the trailer sucked, but the TV show really nails it. Yeah, it does. Oh, gosh. Especially Brenton Thwaites. Um, every, like, even the portrayal of Beast Boy, they get that right. Uh, Starfire's on point, too. I really like Starfire. Yeah. Oh, and then when a Wonder Girl shows up, and then uh, Hawk and Dove. Oh, dude. Hawk's freaking uh, uh, origin is so fucked up. I read a little bit of the comic. I couldn't get into it. Um, let me ask you this. Um, did you watch any of the Batman animated stuff after the core? I watched a little bit of the Brave and Bold and I kind of found it humorous, but did you watch any like Beware oh, yeah. the Batman or the Batman? Oh, I've just watched the Batman. I don't know if Beware the Batman. I'll have to look into that. I'm sure, one. That, I'm sure I'm getting, I got that right. I, it was like a one season wonder where I think it was all Jeff Masuda anime inspired and it was just, it looked like shit. Like I think the Joker had dreadlocks or something. Oh, the Batman? Was that in the Batman? Okay, so maybe ba- Beware the Batman isn't a TV show. I don't know. I Maybe I'm just imagining all this. All right, so we've gone to 20 no, minutes. Batman Go ahead. Oh, Go. sorry. No, no, it's fine. Well, the Batman did actually last for quite a few seasons. I actually liked it. I liked, uh, well, in seasons, like, I think one through three, uh, the theme song was performed by The Edge from U2. Oh, okay. And, again, it was pretty badass. I think he did the uh, Spider-Man, the MTV Spider-Man series, too. I think he did the theme for that. Oh, wow. I think. I could be making that up. I'm a liar. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yes. All right, so we'll be back with the rest of our season. Uh, this is just kind of a teaser between the two bridges, um, between 2018-2019. And uh, check us out on Facebook under Retro Rock Entertainment, back in tunes, and uh, that's it. All right, everybody. Y'all have a good night. Namaste and good luck. All right. Good night. Everybody, back in tunes. Almost to year five. 
Uh, it, it's weird. It's It's gone this long, and we were going to say, hey, we're done. But you know what? I discovered there's so much more, so much more I wanted to discuss. And I think what we need to do is what we did twice this year was take, like, these sabbaticals. Maybe a mini-soda in the middle, but we took a three-month sabbatical from doing Back in Tunes, and all we did was the Christmas uh, kind of a mini-sode uh, for, um, shit, what the hell did we do for Christmas? Oh, Mask of the Phantasm. Duh, I have amnesia. I'm getting old. Uh, I'm, I'm Michael, and this is Jacob on the other side. Meanwhile, in California, Jacob <laughs> was eagerly awaiting to say something. And, uh, sorry, <laughs> me and Ron a little bit. Um, that's all good. Yeah, so I think that's what we're going to do. We're just going to do chunks, breaks, chunks, breaks, instead of, uh... You know, just constantly. I was looking at the old episodes, and I've been re-airing, like, the classic first season, um, where most of it is when we were together in the same room. Uh, audio problems are crazy, though, because I still didn't know how to use my recorder properly. And you remember we did some episodes down in the basement, and that the, the fan would go on? And I didn't realize oh I was picking God. up. So, yeah, I didn't realize at the time, so I had to neuter that. Um, last three episodes of season one were ruined because somehow I erased them. It's when we did G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Mega Man. We did this all in one day, remember? And yes, then, I, remember. Uh, I remember. And then we had to do it when I was on the road. And then uh, then you started working like crazy, so we could only do an episode like once every other month. And uh, yeah, and then and then we were doing, because that's when I was doing them like crazy. I was doing them like every single week. So that's when I got Tony and Ron to come in and do episodes with me. And then we learned, hey, let's instead of doing a 22-minute episode, let's try to do you know an hour-long episode where we discuss two cartoons. So it's changed a lot. We would discuss like up to four or five cartoons in an episode. Oh yeah, oh god yeah, we did. I remember that. We were just you just going overhaul, man. Yeah. Just do just like freaking. Oh god, what's that idiot's name? Bill O'Reilly. We'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> you know what's funny? Hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and just make this season five. It's only one month ahead of time. Let's just go ahead and just make this. I mean, we had the long break, so we might as well. So, yeah, we're taking a quantum leap. Yeah. Uh, some of the plans I have for the season is just looking through a lot of old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, Fana, uh, Filmation cartoons. And part of that is us discussing right now uh, Super Friends. We were going to originally do this around the time of the Justice League movie, but we were like, this is going to be too big of an episode, so we just did the Justice League cartoons. So now we're going mm -hmm. back, we're kind of exploring that big chunk of Justice League where it was called the Super Friends, which is weird. And it kept changing over yeah. and over and over. Now, I know the original version only from a pillowcase that I had. The original series was, I believe, 73, 74, and it wasn't a huge hit, and it got canceled, and then the interest in superheroes was really picking up a few years later, and that's when they decided, let's repackage this, let's put it back on TV. This is back when, the, I don't understand why the networks were repackaging cartoons over and over and over and over and over and over. There's hardly any new content, whereas that, you know, once the 80s hit, it was nonstop new content. It was crazy. The only thing they ever did was reruns was uh, Looney Tunes. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, considering the 80s was definitely a huge time. I mean, you've had, like, what, Transformers coming out, Ninja Turtles, Justice, I mean, uh, Super Friends, god damn it, even now, even I can't help but call it Justice League. It ended up uh, being called uh, Galactic Guardians. Right, I that's think. that's the version I know. Yeah. Well, as far as Super Friends goes, uh, being a kid growing up, watching, um, you know, oh gosh, what's it called? Uh just watching like reruns on like uh, Cartoon Network and stuff like that, oh, yeah, all the big cartoon shows. That's how I got used to it. And plus, 
you know, my parents knew of it and they introduced me to it. And I was a huge Batman freak. I mean, that was like, I think a year old, I was a year old when the first Batman movie came out and I instantly fell in love with it. So yeah, that was kind of one of the things that hooked me and, you know, watching Adam West, watching all these old uh, reruns with like George Reeves as Superman. Yeah. And then of course, uh, Christopher Reeve films. Those were the classics. Those were uh, the standard of Superman for me. And of course, as a kid, I loved like all sorts of cartoons and I couldn't turn down DC. And I still can't to this day. Well, except maybe Super Friends. Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) I was never a big DC guy growing up. Um, I watched uh, Superpowers and Galactic Guardians. I don't recall having any of the toys. I was a Marvel head for a long time. You know, I, I grew up watching uh, The Incredible Hawk and Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And those are the first two comics I got. And then I would read some sporadic stuff that my uncle owned, who's just a little bit older than me. Um, uh, like the G.I. Joe comic book was great, Transformers. I'd read, uh, we'd get these packets, which was just like, you know, whatever came out that month for Marvel is what we got in that Christmas package. It was like 35 comics for $35 or something like that. It never Not got it. It just never got into DC. I remember getting a packet once at Walgreens, which had a Green Lantern, a Batman, and I think it was Batman, and then Ragman of all things. I had my grandmother read them to me. Ragman. When she got the Ragman, she was like, "Are you sure your parents know you, you're reading this?" Like, yeah, yeah, they know I'm reading this stuff. And it's all about like you know plugging guys and killing them, and her, you know it was, it, was, it was a lot darker. <laughs> what what Ragman? That's what Ragman's about. <laughs> uh, Ragman's dark. He, if I remember correctly. He goes after criminals and, and he basically takes in their soul and he makes it part of their the rags he wears. Like the costume he wears is supernatural uh, and it absorbs all the power of the people that he kills, I guess. Funny. Kind of like funny. Yeah, it's not as dark as the spirit, but or not the spirit, the... Um, oh, the specter. The specter, yeah. But it's not too far away from that either. And mm. that's all I knew of DC until 89 when everybody went Batman crazy. And that's when I got the... Oh, uh, yeah. I went back and got the trade paperback of the death in the family. And uh, mm-hmm. I started getting... I think the first series I got was Batman, the many deaths of Batman where people were being murdered and then put in Batman outfits. Oh. I think I think it eventually turned into like a Two-Face story. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so Super Friends is something I was kind of disconnected from, even though, like I said, I had a pillowcase from the first series with Marvin, Wendy, and Wonder Mutt. And oh, yeah, that's what... I had that too, actually. Wow, that's weird, because you're a lot older, uh, younger than me. That's, that's strange you had yeah. that so late in life. Yeah, I, I, I never parents. got to see any cartoons of them. And I watched a bit of it, and I was like, oh, this is... Yeah, this is like for four-year-olds. This is embarrassing. Yeah, it was pretty goofy. <laughs> but I think as it became a Galactic Guardians from what I watched, uh, especially since you can watch uh, all seasons on the DC Universe app, um, Galactic Guardians, I think, started getting um, a little bit more uh, character depth. Especially when they introduced a cyborg and Firestorm. Yeah. I feel, and, like, I feel like somewhere in there, there was a challenge of the superheroes, which a live action, like, roast. Where all the superheroes just basically get there and mock Batman. I think, I've never seen, I've only heard Legends of it. Legend of the, yeah, that's what it is, Legends of it. Actually, that's on the app as well. No shit, I think they should be embarrassed. They yeah. have the 1997 Justice League <laughs> pilot, the one with uh, Chubby Martian Manhunter and Booster Gold and the Atom. Uh, no, I... Don't think that's actually not on there, but okay. the, the Flash from the 90s is on nice. there, along with, um, oh, gosh, uh, we got Superboy on there, the live-action Superboy. Oh, that is a rough have, dude. Uh, that is rough. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm trying, they have New Adventures of the, uh, Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman. Okay, okay. Um, 
Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. There was something obscure. They didn't even have the old 1974 Wonder Woman movie. This is before. Oh, Linda nice. Park. Yeah, you know, we were talking about this. This is um, uh, the '88 Superman series, which is I, I loved a lot as a kid, and uh, it was very hard to find. I think it's from Ruby Spears, which is uh, something I want to watch. Yes. And also, the first people. Now everybody thinks that Superman and you know, all those guys, whatever, they first started off. On Super Friends, but there was a short-lived series from Filmation, which are the guys that are you know responsible for like Masters of the Universe and stuff like that. One of the only American animated companies at the time, and their first legit job was doing these short animated cartoons with all these great you know the like Aquaman, Superman, Green Arrow, the Atom stuff like that, mm-hmm. the Flash, and but there was a like I think a five-year gap between. Super Friends, and you just cut out. Bleh. Okay, so I guess I didn't lose it. Just my phone decided to start beeping like crazy. I was homing on an alien signal we're getting from another planet. <laughs> well, hey, actually, I think they did. I think I, I, uh, did, did, uh, I had that. L Science. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, okay. Yeah, we're, there's, we're, a, we're there's a gap, and then we have Super Friends. Now, there's a second iteration of Super Friends, which I think some people remember, is the one where they got rid of Marvin, Wendy, and Wonder Mutt, and then they got uh, Zaymont... No, that's from G.I. Joe. Zaymont Tomax is from G.I. Joe. Uh, fuck. Wonder Twins. The Wonder Twins, yeah, but what were the names? Why can't I remember this? Jaina... Uh, Gleek, there was a little monkey the, oh, Gleek yeah, figure. Fuck, yeah, I remember the monkey Gleek. Do you, do you, did you refer to Gleeking as spitting on people when you were a kid? Yes. Okay, I didn't know if that was a thing from the cartoon. <laughs> Zane and Jaina. I, I had the cheat. Uh, yeah, gleeking, you know, just like, <laughs> oh, you gleeked on me. You, I, you're like, you take your tongue and you rub the spit, if people don't know. It's like you shove right. the spit through your teeth, your front two teeth. And if you had a little bit of gap, that was almost better because you'd get, like, some serious spray. And I just remember people would just through their teeth or whatever, like, ah, stop it. I'm melting. I'm melting. No. Uh, yeah, the main roster was still there, though. I mean, you had, yeah, yeah. of course, the, the Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. You also had Black Lightning. Well, he gets called Black Lightning, but they called him something else. I'm going to call myself uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And Aquaman and then said, there was, uh, why do we call you Black Lightning? He's like, why do I call you Whitefish? <laughs> <laughs> but no, wait, uh, who was the other one? Uh, he, like, spun, like, a hurricane. Oh, Samurai. And they, yeah, that, that's who they had. Yeah, they had him. They also had... Um, Oh gosh! Oh, then there was Apache Chief. Yeah, but they were they were added. I thought after Gleek uh, and the Wonder Twins were taken out, and that's when it officially became Challenge of the Super Friends. And that's the one that's kind of legendary that everybody knows because the first two seasons of Super Friends they don't really face like hardly any of the villains you know from the DC mm-hmm. universe. It's not until Challenge of the Super Friends where they have the Legion of Doom, where they have the great classic villains. They have the awesome headquarters for both of them. Yes. I think that's when they bring in, uh, what did I say, Black Vulcan? Black, it's not Black Lightning, it's Black Vulcan, right? Yeah, Black Vulcan, that's what okay. it is. Okay, and Apache Chief, and uh, Samurai, which I, I don't think anybody remembers Samurai at all. Uh, yeah, I barely remembered him. His powers uh, are the same so- as Red Tornado, so it seemed like kind of pointless. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't even know if they did any iterations, but I do know as far as the Wonder Twins, Apache Chief. Uh, well, Apache Chief definitely showed up later in uh, Young Justice, uh, and uh, they also were an episode of uh, Justice League Unlimited, uh, okay. the Wonder Twins and I Apache I Chief. Yeah, I, I want to see Young Justice. I actually have it now. I want to check that out. Oh yeah, dude. Like I said, it's great. They did such a great job. It, the reason for its cancellation is very stupid. No, what very. Was it? What was the reasoning? Uh, basically. Um, 
as far as like marketing went, like it really appealed to young teenage girls, and uh, they didn't sell too much of the toy line as much as they wanted to. Okay. And yeah, I know. So all about I the merch. Work. That's why we keep getting cars movies, even though they're big bags of shit. Because you know that's the number one selling. It's bigger than Toy Story. The cars. Oh no. Yeah. Hogwash, I say. We're gonna get Cars Four before we get a Bugs Life Two. Son of a bitch. Oh god. No, I, I'm hoping Cars is just over and done with. I know we're getting a Toy Story Four. Although. Why? The story's done. I, I see. Yeah, I see of it as more of like a reunion special. Kind of like a, you know, like if they were to have like a Cheers uh, reunion or, okay. a, well, not a Seinfeld reunion. We got that on Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. season seven. That's as far as we'll get. But anyway, um, <laughs> well, I must as missed, far as it goes, I must have missed a piece of Super Friends because they introduced a hero called El Dorado, and I don't remember that at all. Yeah, no, I'll have to look into that. That sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, so, I mean, I said that they didn't repackage a lot of stuff. I forgot the very early '80s. Was I mean, seventies and eighties was owned for the most part by uh, Hanna Barbera. Yes, you had the beginning of Ruby Spears. I think mm-hmm. the late seventies, you had a little bit of Frizz Freeling with his old Pink Panther and Spectre package. Um, mm-hmm. Filmation had some stuff going, but really it was just owned by Hanna Barbera. They were the big dogs. But the problem is they were constantly repackaging, repackaging, repackaging. Like they would give you, say, an hour long cartoon. Well, only fifteen right. minutes of it would be a new character or a new cartoon. The next forty five would be just reruns, and that drove me nuts as a kid because I feel like I just kept seeing repackages. But then with the right. introduction, I think what it was is the introduction of syndicated animation, and people found out you could get 65 episodes in a season, and there's nonstop new episodes. I mean, at most you got to see the episode like three times, and a new season would start. So that whole boom of syndicated TV shows and toy lines, like just crazy amount of toy lines coming out every year, right. really changed. So I feel like they, they needed to... Get some new cartoons. So we discussed, like, I think uh, Teen Wolf and um, Galaxy High. Those were rerun, I think, for a couple of years. Um, but for the most part, it was new content. And it wasn't mm. until the whole toy boom is when Super Friends really like started to change. And that's when I think they became. Um, I can't remember. If it was uh, Gal- Was it Legendary Power Show first, or was it? It was a Super Power Show then Galactic Guardians, correct? Yeah, it was def- – yeah, uh, it, Gal- Galactic Guardians definitely came around in the 80s. And honestly, from the episodes I saw, yeah, the animation was a lot better. It was like yeah. watching a, a big-budget animated movie, like in some scenes. Like, wow, like the textures on the uh, the movement from the people screaming and running in terror, especially when Darkseid uh, came to town. Well, that's but, the biggest thing oh, is that in, in, the, in the Superpower show – they had the toy line. It was their competitor with uh, Secret Wars over in Marvel. Mm. And so they're getting all the big dogs together. But everybody had already been used for the most part in Challenge of the Super Friends. So they added Darkseid, which is like the big bad that they had never brought in cartoons. And then they made it intergalactic. And they brought in a, a few like more cult uh, figures. I think like Mirror Master was new and Mixoplitic was new. Uh, Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Um, thank God not no Steppenwolf. Fucking Steppenwolf. CGI oh, is bullshit. Um, but then that's when they he added yeah, Firestorm. Firestorm is he looks great, but his his costume still is ridiculous to me. I like his newer costume. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm like disco uh, I do without the puppy. Yeah, <laughs> disco puppy sleeves. I'm like we could do without that. You're in the '80s now. That's not cool anymore. Yeah, Jerry Just Seinfeld would, would no, go nowhere near that shirt. <laughs> puppy shirt. Well, I want to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah the final yeah. season is um, 
kind of it's it's really closely connected to superpowers. I feel like because Darkseid is still the big bad, correct? Always, yeah, dude. In the entire DC universe, it's either him or the Anti Monitor, who are the biggest and deadliest villains. Yeah, yeah. Well, Doomsday. If I were to give well, like, Doomsday a wasn't a thing top... yet, so yeah. Right. Oh yeah, no, but yeah, it was either Darkseid or the Anti Monitor who were the big baddies. Although Darkseid's motivations, especially like you know in the earlier years, uh-huh. and I think it was like around the late seventh, uh, he. He wanted to marry Wonder Woman. Oh, no, like, I thought you were going to say, my, my big goal. How did Katie do his voice? My big goal is knitting Wonder Woman. <laughs> if Wonder Woman is my wife, I will destroy the Earth. I'm like, well, shit. I'm like, Wonder Woman, just like try and seduce him, like lure him. And then, you know, when you get the chance, break his fucking neck. You know, that that had to be a really hard voice to do. That just sounds like it, and, and that's that's not the first time I've heard that voice. I'm gonna guess you, it's it, probably Frank Walker's involved somehow with this. Yeah, but, it's, it's Frank Walker. Is it Destro? Did he, that guy also do the voice of Destro? I think so. Yeah, I gotta look this up. Okay, but um, he's also a villain in a. He was a. Oh yeah, he was a Doctor Claw in uh, Professor Gadget. Oh right, that's it. Okay, and then they added Cyborg, which was more of a Teen Titans hero. Yeah. Oh, who was voiced by Ernie Hudson, by the way. Which oh, was, I knew I'd recognize that voice. Yeah, and it was basically showing how, you know, Cyborg, he was very humble, you know, just like helping out in the community, you know, staying with the kids and all that. But yeah. considering like his skills and what he can actually do, uh, the Super Friends, uh, their Galactic Guardians really showed his potential and he became a great asset to them. And it, you know, bumped him up. And honestly... As far as, like, a, a, you know, animated series go, like, well, before Teen Titans go, like, the original Teen Titans series from, like, 2003 to 2006. Yeah. It, that, they definitely portrayed him well, especially when it came to, like, you know, uh, combating his own AI uh, from taking over and making him fully automated uh, to, like, even his live-action performance in the Justice League film. I thought he, the actor, uh, oh, gosh, Ray, forgetting his name. But I, either way, like... He, it was done perfectly, and there definitely should be some more light on Cyborg. I honestly, watching this Superpowers team, wanted made me want to see more Cyborg, and hopefully, they do a great justice to him in uh, Doom Patrol, the live action Doom Patrol on the DC. I um, I read somewhere that originally that Cyborg was so popular that DC saw the opportunity to spin him off into a Teen Titans cartoon, and they did a pilot. But it just didn't get picked up. I, I don't know if that's true, and i got to look more into that. But I'm looking at a lot of this. I can't believe the names are behind the final series here, the, the Galactic Guardians. Uh, we had Carmen Infantino, who really revolutionized all the classic heroes like The Flash and Green Lantern in the, the 50s. Mm-hmm. Julia Schwartz, who was a big creator back then. But we also had Dave Gibbons, who is from Watchmen. Oh, yes. Gil Kane, who created the Hal Jordan uh, Green Lantern. Oh, and Alan wow. Moore. Alan Moore. Oh. Holy shit. Damn, dude. Right? Well, and, well, he did work on uh, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. And uh, we have Alan Burnett, who I, this must be really early on for him because he went on to do, of course, you know, a lot of stuff for the 90s DC Universe. Oh, wow. I'm looking at this. Character design by Iwo Takamoto, who created designs for Cinderella, Lady and the Tramp, and Sleeping Beauty, and then would do Scooby-Doo and Astro for Jetsons. That's pretty cool. Damn, good to know. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't. Was there? Was that? Did you hear a humming as well? Yeah, I thought you were blowing it into a. Aliens. Bottle. 
Oh no no no! I don't know. It must be my neighbors. I don't know. Are, are you doing it? Are you doing a jug band while you're not while I'm <laughs> just backing around? Let's go a superhero hoedown. <laughs> 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 All right, let's talk about the but cast. Anyway, um, we have Jack Angel as Flash, Hawkman, and Samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really talk about Jack Angel. He did a, a shit ton of cartoons back in the day. And um, sadly, he passed away, right? He's, oh, my God. No, he's still alive. He's 88. Holy shit. That's a legend wow. right there. Uh, worked on, uh, of course, all the Super Friends. He worked at Scooby-Doo, the Smurfs. Transformers. He was the voice of Astro Train, Smokescreen, Ramjet, and Omega Supreme characters. People really don't know. <laughs> I don't even know why I brought that up. Um, he was Ultra, he Ultra Magnus in the cartoon while Robert Sadkorst was in the movie. Um, oh, wow. Pole Position, many characters on G.I. Joe, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Balto, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, Spider-Man the Amazing uh, Adventures, or the Animated Adventures. Yeah, so he's done quite a few. Uh, but I see his name pop up every once in a while. Trying to look for something that people would really lock down and know him from, but I'm just not seeing any character. But I've I've seen that name quite a bit. The last thing he had was Despicable Me Two. Oh wow, man, so he's, he's still, still going. going. Yeah. Oh gosh, you know I'm kind of surprised that Super Friends didn't bring in someone like Captain Marvel. Uh, you know, I, I know, it's weird. I try to figure out what's going on with that because they used to own they used to be with Fawcett Productions and then. Uh, uh, DC sued them saying they copied too much from Superman and the court sided with them so DC got rights to Shazam but while I was in but here's the weird thing while I was in hiatus somehow Marvel got the rights to the name Captain Marvel because Fawcett didn't have it so they didn't copyright it anymore so Marvel got it that's why there's a Captain Marvel in the Marvel Universe but there's a Captain Marvel mm. in the DC Universe who can never go by the name Captain Marvel in the title. It can always be called the Shazam or Power of Shazam. Crazy, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no. Uh, heck, even in Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe, he was always called... Uh, heck, he was even called the Captain Marvel, not Shazam. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I know. Um, that was only, like, what, 11 years ago? I think. Like when that. the hell did Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe... Either way. Anyway, yeah, Marvel got the rights back, and now he's just called Shazam, which I think works better for him because, you know, that's how I knew him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go through every voice here, but Rene Abrajanis played Desaad, who I mostly know from Deep Space Nine, and he was um, on Benson for like eight years. He did a ton of voice work. We have Peter Cullen as Felix Faust. Of course, everybody knows Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime. Uh, Robert Ducroix, now... I'm almost certain. I'm going to look this up. Robert Duquois, I'm almost certain, is the captain in Robocop. He is. Oh, wow. As in Reed? Uh, is that the name of the captain? I can't remember, but I just remember. That's an Sergeant Reed? Yeah. Uh, Casey Kasem, Ernie Hudson. I, I guess Ernie Hudson. Is, is it weird that he was doing voice work, but he couldn't even get the role of Winston? That's, that's strange to me. Yeah, I know. It was. But he did end up getting the... Uh, cast as Winston anyway. Yeah, it's no, no, no. I mean, he already had the role in the movie, but then when he went to go audition oh, okay. for the real Ghostbusters, they didn't give it to him. They gave it to uh, Arsenio Hall. It's so strange. It's like I can't even audition to be myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you know who was the? Uh, I think in the first few years, like the '73 to '79, it was uh, Ted Knight who was the narrator in the Flash, at least in '73. I was gonna mention that. I forgot. Thank you. Um, yeah, Ted Knight, most people know him from Caddyshack, uh, he was on Too Close for Comfort Forever, uh, Mary Tyler Moore Show, 
Um, I didn't know he did any voice work, but I was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> every time, every time you get upset or like appalled by something, he would always do that. <laughs> what, is, what is it? He does something. He he thinks he has Chevy Chase on his side, and he just goes this thing. like, mm, mm, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. Mm, mm, mm. Um, oh, man. Who's the other person I saw in here? Because like, I don't recognize a lot of these names. I recognize BG Adam, Ward a little well, bit. What's that? Uh, Casey Kasem was actually Robin. Yeah. Uh, Adam West, he well in the uh, Superpowers team, uh, the Galactic Guardians. That he voiced Batman later. That time. Boy, I gotta tell you, it must have been rough for Adam West, like through the seventies and eighties. Like you come off Batman, it's a massive phenomenon, but then it becomes an instant joke, and then you're just like barely getting by in like low budget films for 20 years you know and then you get rediscovered because everybody now gets like the the funny part of batman and you know mm-hmm. he, he, you know conan o'brien tried to give him a tv show called look well it only had a pilot which was phenomenal uh then he did a show i want to say like uh, thunder in hawaii or something like that where he plays like a cheesy hawaiian cop uh and then he did family guy family guys kind of what just saved him they like made him relevant again Oh, yeah, it did. Oh, gosh. And then he'd had appearances in, like, uh, Big Bang Theory, talking about how he was the best Batman and all yeah. that, which <laughs> kind of seems sound when they theorize it, like how he had to do that, like, you know, him doing his, like, goofy-ass dance in order to stop the villain and all that shit. He's like, no, it's like, Michael Keaton didn't have to do that. I'm like, oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> and they're talking about Michael Keaton possibly coming back for a Batman Beyond movie, which I'm, I'm, I'm interested in. Yes, I would love that so much. But as far as like casting, you know, Terry McGinnis, that's gonna be tough. Have it actually someone closer to that age, like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. And then. Uh, but it has to be athletic as well, because you can't fake that stuff anymore. Oh no! Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, we, we're talking like all these sequels and stuff like that. You know, we've mentioned RoboCop earlier. They're talking about bringing back uh, Peter Weller's RoboCop, and I bet you we're so advanced now that we're, we aren't even gonna have to put him in that suit. We're just gonna put him in like you know a green uh, green screen suit or something like that, just with his mouth uh, not covered, you know, and uh, green glass or something like that. And they'll just phase him out and then add the suit, dig- you know, digitally. I mean, who? It's the guy who did District Nine. I mean, he did that Alien for like almost no money. Wow. It seems like a good idea. That's I would love to have awesome. him back. Hell yeah. Do it! Yeah. And uh, also Ghostbusters. We're talking about a, a, a Ghostbusters, not a alternate universe version like the one from a couple years ago, but they're talking about like a, like a legit Ghostbusters 3. Now, you really think the only way you can possibly do it is have it with the kids, the next generation. Like, did Janine and... Um, what, what was Robert, Rick Moranis' character? Lewis. Lewis. Have them have a child. Uh, or, or, you know, oh, how about that little boy from Ghostbusters 2? Like, Peter Venkman goes missing or something like that, and they have to, Oscar, you know, since, yeah. since Bill Murray doesn't really want to be in the movie in the first place, why not have him disappear, um, and then he has to recruit, you know, Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd to help him find him or whatever. Sadly, mm. we have to deal with the fact that, um, you know... Harold oh, Ramis. Well, no, that's it. What if Harold Ramis is gone, and then Peter Venkman has tried to go over to the other side to try to find him to bring him back? Well, yeah, I know, of course, to try to communicate with him yeah. somehow. You know, it's not uh, like that, but it, has to be, it needs to be connected with a family. It really does. It can't just be a whole new group of people they just hire. You know, that's not going to work. Course. It needs to be connected but to yeah, that group. Definitely. But as far as it goes for, um, you know, any more live action DC, if they were to bring back uh, someone from Super Friends, like, into the uh, next Justice League film, I mean, it's on a back burner right now, but with the success of Aquaman, they can get the ball rolling again. 
and hopefully Shazam's a success as well. Right. I really want to see Hawkman. I feel like Hawkman's something really big and epic and in space, you know, otherworldly. Uh, you know, yes. it could be like their version of Thor. Like, just go to Hawkworld and create an adventure. Bring in, bring in, um... Right. Oh, shit. Uh, Knight. He is, uh... No, nah, he, he, the red and white suit. He flies around. Adam Strange. Adam Strange. Fuck me, Adam oh, Strange yeah. a movie. Yeah. Adam oh, Strange. hell yeah. I mean, well, what... Oh, gosh. Um, World War II uh, pilots, uh, Black... Black Hawk. Uh, Bird... Black Hawk. Is that yeah. what it is? They talked about doing... Oh, a, yeah. Well, I think they talked about doing a series about that. Oh, yeah, they're talking about doing a movie with that. Spielberg, right? Steven Spielberg. Yeah. yeah, that would be awesome. But, yeah, like I said, bring in some Doctor Strange, or Adam Strange, and, oh, gosh. Uh, it was just on the tip of my tongue. Oh, yeah, they are doing Blue Beetle. Are they now? Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle. I'm uh, still... That's, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, I heard that. You know, that and Booster Gold would be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Definitely make it, like, more of a comedy. You know... You know what I heard from Shazam? Like, I saw, like, the latest trailer. It looks really funny. And some people are making the argument. It's like, oh, only kids are going to see this. I'm like, oh, yeah, just like every other Marvel and superhero movie. Yeah, well, every grown-up's going to see it, too. It's just ridiculous <laughs> to even say that. You know? Um, I know. What was it? Someone it was saying, like, why, why comic book movies are so big now? And someone said, well, I was at a bar back in 2002. There was this crusty old bartender there, and they had just played a trailer for Spider-Man, and he goes, I've been waiting since I was five years old to see that. You know, it's just decades worth of, you know, pent-up desire to see something that doesn't look like cheap shit. Exactly. And now we're capable of doing it, you know? Anything. Even on television, we're able to do almost anything. Yeah, no. Oh, God. Especially when, what? Christopher Reeve's Superman, that's what really got it going. Yeah. I mean, Richard Donner made well, it seem like no, a Well, no, play. I don't know if that really got it going because that was the it. Do you remember any other superhero movies? It was more about comic strips. Superman was seen as campy comic book strip in the 70s. And it didn't launch any other superhero franchises. And even Batman tried. But, you know, what did we have after that? We had Dick Tracy with Rocketeer, The Shadow, and The Phantom, and they all tanked. Even Tank Girl tanked. <laughs> Sadly. Barbed Wire. It wasn't until Blade. Oh. Blade is responsible oh, yes. for everything that we're seeing now. But as far as, like, inspiration to bring, like, comic books uh, or comic strips to life, I mean, you'd have to give uh, some credit to, you know, the 1989 Batman and yeah. the Well, also, Superman. like, if you look a little bit before that, we had... Um, you know, right after Superman, we had Popeye, Brenda Starr, the Spirit, but all of them kind of tanked. Uh, uh, Annie, stuff like that. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. When you're, you're right, right, you're right. right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this episode, I knew that wasn't going to be able to fill an hour, so I, I had something up my sleeve, and I went to Facebook and I went around asking people to make a list of top ten cartoons that would make their, you know, their list for the perfect Saturday morning. Now, here's the thing. Since we didn't cancel Back in Tunes, I had to cut something. So I cut Perfect Saturday Morning. It's 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 done. I did 17 of them, and uh, I, I would get people lined up, and they would bail. So it, just, it was too much struggle. Um, so that that's just going away. So we're just going to continue Back in Tunes. Perfect Saturday Morning is going to be gone. So I went to ask people, and I'm actually shocked. Out of the 310 people who like Back in Tunes on Facebook, not a single fucking person said anything. Now, over on Retro Rock Entertainment, I got three, which is better than nothing. I'm actually just shocked how disconnected the audience is sometimes. I never hear anything about this. It's really rare that we get a lot of communication. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe I need to get more involved. But um, mm. So if you don't mind, Jacob, I'm going to run through these three top ten lists real quick, and, and we'll just kind of quickly discuss them. Oh, yeah. Go through it. 
All right, so we have Jeannie Otis, who has made her list, and it's My Little Pony Tales, which uh, I've never seen a single second of My Little Pony. I know as a huge fan following, maybe one day I'll do an episode where I discuss girly cartoons. I'm not going to make you suffer through that, Jacob, unless you want to. I'll probably recruit my sister. I don't know. I'll try. Yeah, I mean, there's a few you might like, like some of the cutesy <laughs> animal ones, like uh, Glowworms and the Shirt Tales and stuff like that, maybe She-Ra. Uh, but I'm sure oh, she, you're, you're, not, you're not going to sit through Starry Shortcake or Mom. What's a what's a Rainbow Girl? Uh, Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. Yeah. Well, a Rainbow Bright I could sit through along with uh, a gun with She-Ra, but I don't know. I've watched so much Starry Shortcake when my little siblings were just itty bitty and they would just watch the same. Uh, Care Bears. No, so like that. No. Yeah. All right. Well, so but Care Bears I could probably do. Uh, number two, He-Man. Number three, She-Ra. Yeah. Four, Ducktales. Five, the Smurfs. Six, the Jetsons. Seven, Voltron. Voltron makes a lot of lists. And I never got to watch this. We discussed this years ago. I never got to watch this as a kid. So it's just funny how different... I think she grew up in Tennessee, though, so they must have that weird. That's weird, because maybe uh, she discovered it later, because I don't remember it ever airing in the Midwest. And, and you know what? I'm going to stop calling it Midwest. I always get up people's ass about it. It's called the Great Lakes region. Mmm, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, yeah, no, like, those I could definitely do. I mean... I can't believe I forgot about Heat Masters of the Universe on my list. Yeah. Um, Gem is another one. It's number eight. Looney Tunes. And then finally, number ten, G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. Well, Looney Tunes, I always like to go to classics. I mean, they definitely appeal to me more than uh, uh, if you were to do maybe like classic serials from uh, – well, maybe from classic serials from Disney, like, you know, with Mickey Mouse and all that. But uh, if Donald Duck was in it, I would definitely laugh my ass off, especially yeah, when it say, goes to Well, Jack. Looney Tunes is probably the penultimate, <laughs> the, just the absolute best, you know, the, the pinnacle of animation to me. They used to go back to them constantly and watch them over and over. I wish they would, they would unearth, you know, some of the non-mascot-oriented cartoons that they did. But whenever you see the Golden Age collections, it's always like the big characters. Oh, of course. Um, well, for me, uh, it was just, yeah, it was mainly, uh, like, you know, Bugs. Yeah, Daffy. Like, in his early days. Pig, oh, Daffy. Yeah. Oh, Daffy in his early days, you know, before he was menacing, he was actually, you know, a good guy. <laughs> but in his own way. <laughs> um, when we have Rob McIntosh Sr., who uh, wrote down his. And uh, he said TMNT 87 and then the 2015 version of TMNT. Hmm. Uh, Phineas and Ferb, a cartoon I've never seen, but I know it's a phenomenon. We'll get to it one day. Yeah, it's great. I actually enjoyed that. Like, that's my little brother and sister watched that, and I actually enjoyed it, especially with uh, uh, Platypus, Harry Platypus. I know it. What was his name? Yeah, he was uh, he was like their pet Platypus, but he was an undercover secret agent. <laughs> around. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. Perry the platypus. Okay. Uh, Powerpuff Girls. Did we discuss Actually. You, you and I did. Me and uh, Andrew did. When he yeah. Goes no, in it, actually, even though I wasn't too fond, I was like, yeah, it's Powerpuff Girls, but I watched it and I'm like, this is actually pretty badass. Kenny <laughs> um, yeah. Tarkovsky. This is another one I don't think we've ever done. Captain Planet. Oh my god, I can't believe it. Wait, I think we have done Planet. Have we? I gotta make a and, list. I gotta make an ultimate list of all the cartoons in alphabetic order of what we've done because I forget. Because you know what? I forgot. We talked about Captain Planet, uh, the one with um, the parody from uh, Funny or Die with uh, Don Cheadle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> better recycle that. Still... You better recycle that now. <laughs> but you learned one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody's becoming a tree. Everybody's becoming a tree. 
Um, oh we have Mask, which is one that you and I did not discuss, but um, this is back when I had fill-in episodes. I had Robert come on and, and do Mask. That was his favorite cartoon. Okay, yeah, Mask. I think I remember. Uh, I know we just. I think we discussed that once. Maybe Mask got incorporated into the uh, Transformers G.I. Joe universe. Now it's all one thing. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, we have He-Man again, Thundercats. Uh, which oh, is one of the okay. very first cartoons that we did, I believe. We did Thundercats and, and Silverhawks. Yeah, Silverhawks, yeah. Uh, Laugh Olympics, which we have never discussed. That that should be... I'll, Laugh Olympics is, I'm pretty sure... God, if I get this wrong, I'm sorry. Laugh Olympics is mm. the one where it was like the Olympics, but with the Warner Brothers characters. Not Warner Brothers, uh, Hanna-Barbera characters. So it's like right. Scooby-Doo. I'm pretty sure it's Scooby-Doo, Laugh Olympics. Yogi Bear and all those guys just having fun doing crazy contests. Yeah, no, okay, yeah, I'll have to look into that. That sounds so familiar. And then uh, Challenge of the Super Friends was his last choice. Mm, right, okay, Challenge of the Super Friends. That's basically kind of like uh, what we were just discussing. With, uh, wasn't it the same thing as Galactic Guardians? Or Yeah, it, it's, it's it's the version that we know where they start introducing the... Um, uh, oh, Wonder Twins and... Uh, yeah, 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 but it's the one where they introduce the headquarters, you know, that we really know, and... You the know, Hall of Justice. Right, the, the Legion of Doom, stuff like that. Hall of Justice? I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And what else? Uh, that was mm-hmm. it of his. Now, I need to get Brent's list. Okay, I, okay so uh, Brent's list here um, is number one, Futurama. Okay. Number two, Bob's Burgers. Oh, I cannot go wrong with that one ever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ever have like, one of those in you. Can you... I, I, honestly, I've I've like been I've been watched at least like season one and two, and I'm I think halfway through season three. <laughs> it's uh, uh, I was just watching Red Wet Hot American Summer, and he's the voice of the can. It just kills me. Oh god, I, know. <laughs> I love H. John Benjamin. He's great. Um, we have GI Joe at number three, Transformers mm-hmm. at number four. Yes. <laughs> five He-Man mm-hmm. six the Venture Brothers and we haven't discussed Venture Brothers yet because it's still going we keep expecting it to end but then again that didn't uh. stop us from doing South Park and Simpsons <laughs> true uh, what okay. uh, seven is Gargoyles yes oh my god dude you know Jordan Peele says he wants to do a live action Gargoyles yeah movie? that'd be kind of cool fuck yeah let <laughs> him do it uh, number eight is Star Trek the Animated Series Oh, yeah, I think we discussed that once. We did. Well, we that. did the whole Star Trek franchise. We, we did, like, a video oh. night uh, cartoon crossover. Uh, number nine gotcha. is King of the Hill. What the hell? Number nine. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> uh, number ten is Dungeons and Dragons, another one that I didn't do with you. Uh, that's when I was having people fill in. That's uh, the one I did with Tony. Mm, gotcha. Oh, can I say something about Transformers real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, it's regarding the movie Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah, I saw the movie. Dude, it's how Transformers should have been from the beginning. It's a, it's kind of a middle finger to Michael Bay. It's like, yeah, this is how you do Transformers. But it was, I mean, Universal's still uh, uh, going with Transformers in the style of what Travis Knight did. And just telling Michael Bay, yeah, no, sorry, man, we're going to go with this guy. He did a better job. We messed up by releasing it the same weekend as Aquaman, but yeah, still, it it's held on potential. Well. It's held on very well. Yeah, I know, dude. I would love to see it again. I highly recommend it. Anybody who's like a, who loved, uh, of course, any of, who loves the classic franchise, you definitely get to see the Gen One look of the Transformers. You get to see. You also get to hear the song "The Touch." Uh, you got the touch. You got the touch. You remember Boogie yeah. Nights when he sings that, 
And oh, he's like, God. why do you keep drowning the lyrics and all that music? You got to turn down the music. I can't hear myself. He's like, uh, yeah, I uh, know. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. oh, man. Yeah. So, like I said, you'll uh, anybody who's a tra- fan of Transformers will love it. I'm remember happy. It's a Portland, Portland's own Travis Knight, uh, known for Kubo and the Two Strings, basically running like an yes. ass. Um, God, we're still short. 41 minutes, whatever. Uh, yeah, so I said the, the rest of the season, we're going to bounce around a little bit, but I really do want to explore some of the classic Hanna-Barbera, uh, explore Filmation, maybe Ruby Spears, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, they, they owned a lot of the 80s, man. Ruby Spears is some crazy shit. So we're going to do some, I want to do an episode where we focus on like celebrity geared, you know, cartoons like Hammerman and Wish Kid with Macaulay Culkin, uh, Gary Cohen, Mr. T, stuff like that. And, uh, oh, MC Hammer? Yeah, uh, and I was thinking, also, there, I think there's a new Kids on the Block cartoon, too. Um, Wait, they had one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, well, I had some of their action figures and, you know, what? dolls. I don't know. I, well, my mom bought it for me for Christmas. What am I supposed to do? Uh, that's true. <laughs> uh, but also, there's some animated movies I want to discuss. Uh, Blue Sky, um, I want to discuss, like, the first few years that they did movies. You know, they did, they had the, you know, Ice Age and Robots and stuff like that. At the beginning of DreamWorks. Oh, I love those movies. You remember DreamWorks, man? They, they were really, like... In the beginning, they were kind of scrappy. It was until Shrek hit that they really broke out. You know, they had Ants oh, yeah. and, uh, what was it, the Egypt one? Um, oh, Prince of Egypt? Yeah, Prince of Egypt, stuff like that. And then I know Warner Brothers was really trying to compete, and they had the Road to El Dorado. I think that mm. was theirs. Cats Don't Dance and stuff like that. And, and, uh, oh, I love that. I love Cats Don't Dance. Great. You know, so I was thinking, like, all those animated cartoon companies, you know, like Fox had an animation uh, division. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the big thing that they had was you know, the two Don Bluth movies. So I'm going to go through a lot of that and just go through Universal right. with uh, We're Back, A Dinosaur's Tale, which we didn't get to discuss last year. So there's little movies here and there that I we missed out on over the last couple of seasons that I want to discuss. Uh, then in, in October, we're going to look at some of the Scooby-Doo cartoons. So we said that was going to be the last Halloween episode, you know, a couple months ago, but clearly, I mean, we never touched Scooby-Doo. So how can we not do a couple episodes about that? so many iterations of that series oh god i know it's like um let's see where are you scooby-doo uh oh, the gosh. puff named scooby-doo the 13 yeah. ghosts of scooby-doo there was a scrappy do iteration there was the scooby dumb scooby d oh yeah with all his cousins and all yeah, that and yeah. then there was one where uh then there was like the animated movies like uh the curse of the werewolf or something like that yeah, where Shaggy turns into a werewolf, and then there's the one where he meets the ghoul school. Yeah, yeah, so there's a lot to discuss. So that's going to be something, like, over the next few years, we'll just get through a couple Scoobies just to see, like, the live-action films. Like, we've never done an episode where we discuss the live-action versions of these worlds, which most of them suck, but there's some gems in there, too. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Honestly, I thought the first first one definitely, like, had its moments. It's the second one, I think. Unleashed is great. Oh, yeah, Monsters Unleashed, I thought, was a lot better. However, what I did want to say, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, Scooby-Doo, oh yeah, Scooby-Doo, and uh, they had like all these all-star guests, like they would team up with Batman and Robin. They would oh, right, right, yeah, 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 the, the Scooby-Doo, I have those too, it's like the Mystery Hours or something like that, the, no, Scooby-Doo movies, the Scooby-Doo yeah. movies. Fucking Phyllis Diller, Phyllis Diller's in one of them, that's so weird, that's so weird. Oh, Mama, oh yeah, Mama Cass. Mama Cass was in one. That's, why? Uh, why Mama Cass and then uh, 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 what, uh, Bernie Fife? Um, Don, Don Knotts. Was this Don Knotts? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm looking at you through the bedroom window. <laughs> Sorry, Scoob. I think there's something going on. That's my line, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, and here's the other worry. Here's the thing that I worry about. I feel like 70s, 80s nostalgia is dying. I know that we have Stranger Things going right now, but I think we're in that last big burst, and it's going to go away. So I kind of want to get the 60s, 70s, 80s stuff done soon. And then we can get to more of your generation's kids' cartoons, you know, because we haven't explored a lot of the 90s. Speaking of, like, celebrity-based cartoons, there was that other burst where it was, like, Bobby's World, Life with Louie. Uh, yes! God, there was one with Bruno, the, the kid Bruno or something like that, you know, with Bruce Willis. Uh, Wayne Head with oh, the Wayne's yeah. Brothers. You know, there was a lot of those. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, with Bruce Willis. I remember that one. Oh, God. Uh, I think Tony J was the butler. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, we're, that's a big focus for the next two seasons. And if we decide to go for a season, uh, that would be six, seven. So if we go for season eight, you know, whatever, um, it's when we're going to focus more on the 90s and, and 2000s. And by then, we'll be old and geriatric. I can't even remember what cartoons are. Oh, yes, it was the day. Yes. Back when we had a cartoon, in my, in my day, we had a cartoon where saving the environment and being nice to each other was actually cool. Yes, it now Captain it's Rock everything. Is, yeah. Now everything is just so bitter. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. I'm going to poop my pants. Oh, fill in my drawers. Yes. Oh, gosh. That's only like five years away. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's ridiculous. But uh, I'll hush. I have literally a game plan for the next uh I only want to do, really, the podcast for 10 years. I feel like there's something I can do else after 10 years, unless they really want me to stick around. But I literally have this planned. I have, in uh, 2024, right here in front of my face. And it's, it's weird. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. Retro Rock Entertainment's the main network for all the shows. And uh, Back in Tunes is on Facebook. So thank you for five years of support. Uh, I was talking to my underwear, um, and I also talked to you. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for sharing the show. Uh, you know, I, the part of the reason I think we're going to give up, too, is because the numbers are really starting to dwindle. And then all of a sudden, they just burst huge numbers with that animated music video episode we did back in May. And I started, like, getting nervous. Mm-hmm. I was like, should we end this? Or are we just kind of burnt out? And it turns out we were just burnt out. Mm, yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Not fully, you know. <laughs> oh no! What did uh, what did um? Oh god, Def Leppard. It's better to burn out than fade away. Glooming, gleaming, glabbing, globing. I want to know what the hell that's about, honestly. I know. I'm like, is that something backwards that they put in there? I have to look into this. Oh, I have could to it code this. Maybe I don't know. We're gonna find out. I thought about doing a podcast by myself where I explore like. Ah, okay myths and legends like like a like a 10 episode series where i discuss like well what do we actually know about bigfoot what do we know about Loch Ness monster and ufos and the chupacabra and uh you know backwards records and shit like that like oh they actually open a hell mouth you know i I was thinking about doing that like a uh, not i guess it's kind of fictional but also like what do we know in reality about these things like uh like in search of which is an old tv show with uh Leonard nimoy ah that's oh, amazing. Or oh, Jack Palance. What's the fucking show with Jack Palance? I think it was Ripley's Believe It or Not. That show scared the shit yes. out of me. Oh, gosh. If, if Jack Palance was hosting yeah. and narrating Ripley's Believe It or Not. You're my number one. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course. <laughs> yes. 
We're still gonna do some video nights here and there. So yeah, we're 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 definitely gonna. And then comic books. Jacob's like my go-to guy for almost everything. So that, that's also another reason why we can keep the show going is because we get to take breaks and we'll go away and do something else. Yeah, no. And as far as like comic books go, like so far, uh, what you sent me, all I've read was uh, all the uh, issues of Blood Syndicate that that you got. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I was actually surprised. Uh, but over, I just bought. We promised like three years ago. That I was going to do the Death of Superman trilogy. And we only did part one. I never did part two or three. And then someone brought it up. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. I forgot. So I do have that lined up, too. If you like comic books, check out our podcast, Comics on Infinite Earths. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, uh, Funeral for a Friend, a.k.a. World Without a Superman. And then a um, uh, Reign of the Superman, or a.k.a. Return of Superman. Yeah. Oh, God. Speaking of Reign of the Superman, the animated movie is supposed to be coming out on the uh, 29th. I am buying it. I am totally okay, buying cool. it. I loved the Death of Superman animated movie. They did a great job and a great justice to it. Yeah, they had to tweak some things around oh. to fit in the animated universe. Yeah, yeah. But it really holds true. And I wish they brought that dramatic potential and that spotlight on Superman and his actual character death into the movies. Like that, I'm pretty sure Henry Cavill and. Uh, Joss Whedon wanted to steer towards that kind of Superman. The um, that's another thing we can do on this show is we can go back and watch the first five years of these Batman directed video movies. Mm, oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, like all the ones I have. Yeah, well, Marvel also did some too. But no, we'll, we'll go in chronological order. We'll start off. You know, I think what was the very oh. first one? New Frontier. Oh yeah, the Justice League New Frontier. Oh yeah, no, dude, DC's been killing it for like over a decade. Yeah, with the animated movies. Oh god, New Frontier! I thought it definitely took place in like the fifties. Definitely like brought itself into like the real world, uh, especially when coming up to the uh, having to register or you know go into hiding. No, oh, right, right, uh, right, right, right. Kind of like a, a Watchmen aspect, kind of, but in the fifties. And again, the animation was on point. They had a lot of great voice work, and oh, it really brought a spotlight to uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and Neil Patrick Harris was Flash. Let's see now. I didn't know that. Yeah, and Justice League New Frontier. Uh, that's okay. also on the uh, on the uh, DC Universe app. Okay. Cool. In fact, there's so many animated movies on there that I gotta revisit. The um, so I guess that's it, uh, Jacob. Um, hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. What did we forget? Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, be excellent to each other. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. And, but Not you know what? We, I, you know, we always finish it with hey. your line, but I was like, why do we finish with that? Why don't we finish with me saying, "Be excellent to each other," and you say, "Party on, dudes." <laughs> I don't know, so we don't, well, just so we don't get sued, I don't know, <laughs> well, anyway, okay, let's, okay, let's do that, let's do it this time, okay? Okay, everybody, thank you for five years, and be excellent to each other. And party on, dude! <laughs> Are you grabbing your hat as you say that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> my big old ass top hat. Nice, alright everybody, have a good night. Yeah. Welcome to Back in Tunes. This is more of a mini-sode, shorter than our usual ones. Uh, we'll be focusing on episodes that are stunt-oriented. It started off as uh, an homage to uh, Bob, we uh, Bob Einstein 
who passed away last month, who everybody knows is Super Dave. A lot of people know him uh, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's a really funny guy. Was a funny guy. Damn it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, all about context, huh? About how you say things. Um, so no, we were going to do like the Hanna-Barbera cartoons and try to do them in chronological order, but I thought it was important to highlight a guy who was a cult figure who held a, who held like a, a fan base for a very, very long time. Um, have, have you ever heard of even Super Dave before this moment? Uh, yes, I have actually. Uh, I watched Super Dave when I was a kid. Okay. And uh, again, watching him on that, like uh, at the end of the episode, he'd always do like a live segment, you know, <laughs> talking about these like revolutionary ideas, but they end up <laughs> just blown up in his face, literally. <laughs> he was really funny. And then, of course, uh, getting older, you know, watching Kirby Enthusiasm and seeing him as a uh, Funkhauser, uh, his. His friend, but, the, but then again, it's Larry David. Every friend of his, he ends up kind of hating and just like criticizing all the time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, after seeing him as Funkhauser, it's like, oh my god, he's hilarious. And then there was this one little stand-up special he did too. Of course, like he did the uh, Super Day persona, but it was just really raunchy and out there, and I couldn't help but just laugh my ass off. He was great. <laughs> and when I lost my voice, I think uh, what years ago when I used to work at Target, uh-huh. I sounded just like him. Oh wow! <laughs> I always sound like the uh, the narrator from Law and Order when I get sick. Uh, by the way, I'm kind of out of it, so that's why the episode's a little bit shorter as well. Because I had a uh, tooth taken out yesterday, and uh, I'm kind of doped up right now, so it seemed a little lost. Hey, that's what's going on. Um, it, it went horribly wrong. It took forever, and I regretted it halfway through. But you really can't stop a guy. <laughs> Can you? Well, you know what? You've been pulling for like 20 minutes now. Can you just stop? You know, you can't do that because the tooth just kind of hangs there. But it didn't go well, and I had a weird tooth. It was all curved, and it just tore my mouth up. So I'm kind of, yeah. Sounds (laughs) awful and painful. It's like it's not even stunt-related, and you lost a tooth. But but, but wait, wait, let me ask this. Did the dentist ask, is it safe? Is it safe? Uh, Is it safe? Was he he German? uh, No, he was just, you know, a normal everyday Joe. Um, But no, he just, uh, after it was done, his wrist was sore. I mean, he was just tugging and tugging and pulling. (laughs) I was like, I think you got carpal tunnel, sir. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, he was like, I don't have to go to the gym today. <laughs> yep. Toughest extraction ever. Yeah. In my uh, history of dentists. Yeah, it's tough. So, um, yeah, Super Dave. Um, I actually, the first time I had seen him was on a rerun of this old TV show called The Van Dyke, Van Dyke and Company, which was a short-lived Dick Van Dyke sketch comedy show where he played, oh, okay. I want to say it was that or maybe it was I mean, I'm thinking of Smothers Brothers, where he was Officer Judy, and he Smothers was Brothers. yeah, Smothers Brothers. I know, yeah, sorry, it was the Smothers Brothers because they were rerunning it on Nick and Knight, I think, because they were about to have a big comeback on CBS. So that's the first time I had oh, seen him. Okay. But immediately after that is when I saw the Super Dave Osborne show. I still can't remember if it was HBO. I'm gonna look this up. I thought it was Showtime. It was like one of their competing. Um, oh, it was a Canadian Networks. show and was re-aired yeah. on, in in Showtime. Okay, you know his brother is Albert Brooks. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know why Albert – Albert. oh, that's right. He's not going to – oh, my God. I just realized Albert Brooks had to change his last name. Hold on. Well, maybe maybe I'm going to look this up because I wonder if his last name is Brooks. Oh, uh, no, he was, he was born – okay, Bob Einstein. Okay. See, <laughs> I was just thinking that it would be funny if Albert – Brooks' original name was Einstein. That'd be Albert Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Michael Keaton. Well, uh, Michael Keaton's original name was Michael Douglas, so he had to change his. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yep. 
Uh, you know, Albert Brooks <laughs> is well known for doing some animated voice work too. He was in The Simpsons a lot. Yeah, he was in The Simpsons, and he was also in uh, Finding Nemo. Oh uh, yeah, he duh. was uh, Nemo. Of course. No, he wasn't Nemo. He was a uh, no, no, Nemo's no. no. Dad. I just mean <laughs> Finding Nemo. He was in. He was in. I, how, how would I forget that he was even in that? That's much more popular than the Simpsons movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. Pretty much anything Disney Pixar is like really popular. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to. It's hard to not meet anybody who hasn't seen a Disney Pixar film. Right. Uh, unless you're blind. Sadly. <laughs> Um, also he, uh, he, like he had that show on Showtime, but I remember he was on David Letterman a lot. He was on a lot of those sketch comedies. Like he would show up on the tonight show. Um, yes. It says here he showed up on living color too, which I don't remember that, but he was just one of those characters. He owned the rights. So therefore he could take it wherever he wanted to. And I cannot believe that so many years after his TV show ended and then the animated show ended the, uh, daredevil for hire show, which we're going to discuss quickly. He ended up getting a movie, a $15 million movie made and released by MGM. I think it was barely released, like $300,000. If I remember correctly, it was one of those tax write-off movies that MGM was trying to get because they had made too much money the year before. <laughs> so they knew it was going to bomb. Yeah, so that's just kind of sucky. But I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Sometimes it shows up free on those, um, uh, you know, like uh, Hulu and stuff like that, you know, where you watch free movies because right. of the commercials. He was on Curb. Yeah. I didn't know he was on six episodes Maybe of Curb. Or not Curb, I'm sorry, oh. Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he was on a shitload of episodes of Curb. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I clearly am Arrested very unwell right now. I can't even think straight. <laughs> you know, what I did notice is that, well, when I was watching Super Day, yeah, it was always on Fox, when Fox had its, like, big old uh, lineup. Yeah. And after that, and the, the link you sent me where I watched it, recap on it oh my god like it was playing like all these old uh um advertisements and uh sneak peeks like you know as the credits are rolling by you hear like a sneak peek of the uh episode of the show coming up next uh-huh. and it's actually voiced over by the uh main voice actor from that show so i'm like oh shit that's awesome i hope they got a little bonus for that but oh, they I just don't do that anymore do fuji uh played by uh, thankfully a real japanese man uh, Art Irazawa, uh, who played Fuji, who is um, Super Dave's sidekick and basically the only one who would get hurt. <laughs> um, they, they made him go back and re-record his voice because it was considered offensive, which is weird. A Japanese man – hold on a second. If a Japanese man wants to make fun of his own language, how does that work? <laughs> I don't get that. Like, isn't that his choice? Hmm. Odds bodkins. It's not an issue. I'm uh... – not an issue I can surmise on. Yeah, it's hard to say, but that's uh, I, oh, guess what? Frank Walker did a voice for this, so time to take oh, a drink. Of course he did. Everybody take a drink. Uh, oh wait, who else was in this? Charlie Adler. Oh, yeah, we see Charlie Adler a lot too. Um, oh, I think yeah. it's funny is Don Lake is in this. Not a lot of people know who Don Lake is, but Don Lake was one of those improv guys. Um. He started at um, Second City in Toronto, and he was very good friends with Bonnie Hunt, so they worked together a lot. Oh, um, oh. God, I'm trying to remember. He was in something that was so fucking funny. Uh, I know he's – not going to look up his filmography. I know he's in the Super Mario Brothers, and he was in uh, Hot Shots and stuff like that, but there's something he was in where he was like the president's right-hand man, and he's un- – the movie's terrible, but he's unbelievably funny. Oh, he's the guy who wears the wig and please the guy to me. I forgot that. The one who's in the beginning, he calls him an asshole and he drives his car off. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> that was him? Yeah. 
wow. Very, very funny guy, but he's mostly known for improv stuff. No, I know there's something he's in that's so insanely funny, but he's in a lot of those Christopher Guest movies, you know, like Waiting for Guffman, uh, uh, Best in right. Show, stuff like that. Oh, wait, I think I... I think oh, I, oh, I know what, what he's in. Ever. Okay, this is really obscure. Um, and not a lot of people know that there was a Cannonball Run 3. Uh, it was called oh. Speed Zone in America, but it was sold as Cannonball Run uh, or Cannonball Craze or something like that overseas. And he plays Peter Boyle's right-hand man. It was shot in Canada, so that's how he was in it. The movie's not very good. Uh, actually, none of, the, none of them are really any good. Uh, it's just kind of fun to see all those <laughs> actors. But he is so funny in that movie. And uh, I, I got to show you that. I, I think it's on uh, YouTube because it's never been beyond VHS. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have to look it up then. I think I know who, uh, I think I know who you're mentioning, though. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. So we've got that going. But yeah, no, uh, Super Dave. Yeah, I thought of it like as a big tribute to Evil Can Evil, but yet he was just so like in the cartoon, he's just so dim-witted and yeah. his oh, hubris. Even when the answer's right in front of him. Yeah, his like, hubris yeah, he'll gets get it, but it takes his own way. Yeah, I just love watching him just just like okay, so Evil Can Evil. I don't know if you've ever seen a documentary on it, but Johnny Knoxville uh, did one, and that's also one of those where you can find on free streaming sites called Being Evil. And yes. It's funny how you watch his complete collapse as a human being. Starts off as like this blue-collar guy who just wants to entertain his family and friends, to you know slowly rising through the ranks of you know traveling around the country doing these stunts. The problem is, is his ego got bigger and the money got bigger. His stunts would get more and more insane. But then he became addicted to so many painkillers and started doing drugs and cheating on his wife. And then he was becoming very volatile and angry and would destroy everything in his path. And, you know, and then fast forward to the mid-80s where he's a cripple. He's just he's gone mentally and physically, and everything that he fought for just 10 years before was gone. And if you didn't, if you knew this, if the regular public knew this, I'm not sure Super Dave would have worked as well. But it is mocking the clueless hubris that uh, Evil Can Evil had. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Knowing that, it definitely seemed like it. Well, no, knowing that, yeah, it makes total sense. Because, I mean, doing all that crazy shit, it'll wear down on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, even in the uh, Harvey uh, – no, uh, what was the one you mentioned? The other one you sent me. Oh, yeah, Devlin. Well, Devlin is um, yes. basically Evil Knievel, but like the best side of Evil Knievel. You know, he teams up and he's you know solving crimes while also traveling the country doing his stunts. And that's like the absolute epitome of what we thought, like kids thought Evil Knievel was. Um, he was a phenomenon when I was a small child, and he was a superhero on television when we didn't really have superheroes. I mean, mind you, he was just jumping shit, but that was enough for us back then. Oh, of course, yeah. And uh, Devlin himself, was, again, uh, on a, he would also help out his uh, – uh, the people he traveled with at the carnival on a personal level, like uh, the clown. Yeah. They, you know, He tried to ha have him pose as the president of the whole circus instead of just a clown because he thought his daughter was a uh, – would be ashamed of him, but instead she actually was proud of him. She didn't care. That didn't matter to her. She loved him for who he is. You know, it's, it's funny. You know, it's it's a drama series, which was kind of unusual for um, Hanna Barbera back then. They were mostly just doing the the, the animal comedies, and this one was even yes. more. It's like more in the vein of it's not adventure like the way Johnny Quest was. It's his own beast, and it's very unusual. And I don't think a lot of people know about this, except for maybe that episode of Harvey Birdman <laughs> where he comes in, and I'm pretty sure. <laughs> He had a finger in one of his ears, like they sewed it back on wrong, if I remember correctly. I think, yeah, I think I noticed that too. <laughs> oh, God. Everything he'd been through, it's like, 
Even Har- even Harvey's boss, the uh, one eyed man. Yeah. The Nick Fury uh look like <laughs> Harvey. And I was like, Oh, he's been through anything. Yeah, he can't feel a thing. And then Bird Boy's <laughs> just like, So he can't feel this and they're just beating the crap out of him. And then the wife and then his girlfriend or wife or whatever she was is like, Stop, you're killing him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is evil can evil can be blamed for the fall of uh, har- uh of uh, happy days and basically coined a phrase because of it you know uh evil can evil was so popular that they started having fonzie do these stunts and then in season what six i think it is is when he jumps the shark which is now part of our normal vernacular when it comes to any franchise oh yes of course that's been like i don't know how many episodes are uh any series. Yeah, well, we were talking about with movies. I would say Fast and the Furious 8 is when the series jump the shark. <laughs> come on, submarine oh. fights. Submarine fights and cars. That's crazy. I'll still watch the ninth one, but come on. I think we're on the down end now. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, Hobbs and Shaw looks like That cool. looks fucking rad, right? They embrace the superhero-ness of it all. So I'm not sure if uh, that's the angle. I mean, it's basically a comic book movie anyway. So. Oh, yeah, no. And I love Idris Elba. I mean, he's enough of a reason for me yeah. to see uh so uh devlin um michael bell who knew, played duke in the gi joe series i think he did a bunch of the smurfs uh transformers yes. his name was a lot uh, around a lot back then i don't think he i'm not sure if he still does his voice work but uh, we also have mickey dolan so definitely does not do voice work which kind of surprised to see his name but he was uh he was doing a lot more acting than music by this time right oh of course yes i uh, know as soon as uh like what you know the monkeys formed together yeah well, the monkeys are weird because um, they were a short burst. Where they were putting out two albums a year. This is back when records could only fit like ten songs. So yeah, you're gonna redo them. Uh, you know, just do uh, more than one album a year if you're Red Hot. And uh, so I think they only did about five albums where it's all four of them. And then there was an album where it's three of them because uh, Mike Nesmith left. Then um, Peter Tork left. And then there was an album where it's just uh, Mickey and Davey. And then that's when it was done, by I think by 70. So from 66, I think the 70s, all they lasted. It's kind of weird because it feels like they were around for a long time. And then, of course, through reruns is when they became a phenomenon. Oh, yeah, and their TV series. Made me laugh. Oh, God, yes. I, we stayed – my brother – my brothers and I would stay up late and watch that on Nick, uh, Nick at Night. And it – oh, gosh. It's still so, so much fun. Seriously. It, yeah, I, it's it is. It's an absolute right. I, I, I went and saw them a lot. Did I tell you that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's just Peter and uh, Mike, um, uh, Mickey, because Michael's not going to travel. He only does the shows that are like in the Los Angeles area. But you know, yeah. it, it was still a hell of a great concert. They gave uh, Davy a huge tribute, and um, Mickey even got on the drums for a little bit. But after like two songs, his shoulder was killing him. So he's like, "Yeah, we got another drummer. We'll just let him do this." Yeah, <laughs> would make sense. But still, um, of course, no. There's one joke I remember where it's like, you know. It's like, you know, this dark silhouette, everybody's like, you know, shadowed, there's no light over them, uh-huh. and they're all saying who the real David Jones was, and then uh, Mickey just goes, well, the real David Jones, please stand up. That's funny. Mickey just goes, you... I am standing up. <laughs> but you just you said know, that. Same you said that, and I was looking at the bottom of the Devlin Wikipedia page, it shows cartoons of the 70s, and it says, will the real Jerry Lewis sit down? I just read that right before you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, how bizarre. <laughs> how bizarre. <laughs> how bizarre. <laughs> Want to know the rest? Hey, by the rights, how bizarre. <laughs> I, have a, I have an album of one-hit wonders from the 90s, 
And there's one, I swear to God, it's the same two lines repeated over and over. It's a brim full of Asher on the 45. And everybody needs a bosom to hold on to. Everybody needs a bosom. Everybody needs a bosom to hold on to. Everybody needs a bosom. Brim Ew. full of Asher on the... Why would the fuck... Why, why was this a hit? <laughs> what is wrong with this? I don't know. It's just, it's just like Kite and I Joe. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, and then, uh, come on, Barbie. Let's go party. It's just like one oh. line that we latch on to. Hey, Margarita. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I know. You know, I think I think Macarena was about a promiscuous woman. Was it now? Okay. A one, two, three, four, five. What is that? Uh, Mama number, number five. five. So maybe Mama number five and Macarena <laughs> need to get together. <laughs> they could have, yeah. That would have. That I don't know. It might have been a big, huge hit. <laughs> uh, we do have but an yeah. oddball now. Um, I I love the animation style of Super Dave. I mean, it's just so wild and crazy, and it's the epitome of the 1990s Fox. Where it yes. either looked like the X-Men series, you know, it had a very particular look, or it had like this unique wild, I mean, yes, it was from Deke, but it feels like something different than everything else that Deke was doing. And it's a funny show. I really love the design work. I also really love the design work on Stunt Dogs. I just didn't like the cartoon itself. I just thought it was kind of bleh, lame. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just wasn't really – another Charlie Adler was in it as well. Yeah. Uh, Co-created by plus... the guy who did Full House and, oddly enough, Summer School. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jeff Franklin wrote Summer School, and then while that was getting ready for release, he sold the pilot for Full House. Two wildly different projects. I still don't understand. Like, uh, Summer School is so, like, um, it seems like a normal everyday mainstream movie. But there's stuff in there that's so strange and weird and off-kilter. Then you have Full House, which is the dullest, lamest, mainstream. I know your generation loves but I thought it was fucking garbage. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, well, I tried watching the uh, – well – I think halfway through season two, I had to turn it off Fuller House. I'm like, oh my god, Ugh. this is getting way too fucking. So weird you think like me. 20 years from now they'll come back with Fullest House, where everybody's a grandpa? And... I don't know they are. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they're already a grandpa. But Bob yeah, gets kicked out of the house because he can't be near children because he's too filthy. He revealed who he really was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know pretty much, but no, Bob Saget would still uh, guest appear in some of the uh, Fuller House episodes. Well, of course, as soon as Uncle Jesse stepped in, oh my god, cheering and hollering. Everybody loves Jesse. Yeah, is uh, what's his face in it? Um, there are talks like this. No, I'm the, uh, what's the character he played oh. on America's Funniest People? What the? Oh, Dave Coulier? Dave Coulier, yeah, yeah. He did a show on Nickelodeon when I was a kid. I can't remember what the hell it was. It was always with, uh, you can't do that on television. It was always played about the character. What was that show? Oh my gosh, but, that sounds familiar. But I, I think know. this is how he met Elias Morissette, and then she wrote that song about him. We're way off topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, the stylistic – Street Dogs, yeah, no, it was just pretty dull. Yeah, Stunt Dogs doesn't overall. look like anything else, but it also like – I think it's because it's from its own unique company. I was looking this up. I don't know any of the voice actors. I don't know anybody behind the creation of this besides Jeff Franklin. It's from a company Char called – Charlie Adler. I don't see Charlie Adler in here, dude. What did you see in the credits? That wasn't him? No. Harvey Atkin. I don't know who that is. I want to say he's... Oh, he is the guy. He's the guy with the big bushy mustache from Eddie and the Cruisers 2. He tries to rip him off. He's he's the uh, counselor wow. from Meatballs. The ones that they always, like, torture. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So that's one. <laughs> this must be a Canadian production then. Okay, so that's why... Yeah, it it's harder for me to recognize a lot of the voice work people from Canada. Um, mm. Even though I'm obsessed with Canada. I don't blame you. I want to go to Canada. Yeah, it looks Let's good. Let's go. Scott Pilgrim's from Canada. I'm gonna Wolverine's from Canada. <laughs> I'm going to go Alpha Flight. I'm going to go sleep on a maple yeah. leaf and, and uh, <laughs> get free health care. 
<laughs> it's not free healthcare. Yeah, sure. Everybody says that. It's like, oh, it's free healthcare. No, it's not. It's paid for your taxes, you stupid fucks. <laughs> but you still don't have to pay it. You don't have to pay. No, 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 not up, not not up front. But I mean, it's already paid ahead of time. Exactly. What was the you other cartoon? Worry about. Oh, uh, the other cartoon was uh, there was that episode of Harvey Birdman and Law, and then there was a crash test dummies. Crash test dummies. Thank you. Not the guys. No, not those guys. Uh. Uh, I actually kind of <laughs> like that song. I want to say that I actually really enjoyed it. I watched them on Saturday Live, and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. I brought Crash Test Dummies, and it still brought me still brought me the band, damn it. <laughs> also from <laughs> Canada. Hey, wait a minute. Circle that around. Of course, yeah. But, you know, I did not realize this. I, well, being a kid, you know, growing up in the 90s, like Crash Test Dummies were everywhere. They were a thing. They were in every commercial, uh, live-action commercial, when they were testing out new cars. They had a toy line. They even had, like, Sega Game Gear game. And there might have been an actual Sega Genesis game as well. It was yeah. really fun. They were a phenomenon. And then, yeah, no, big time. They were everywhere. You couldn't see it. You couldn't not see them at all. And then uh, this cartoon that we actually watched, um, you know, we were going to add action figures based off that cartoon, me and my brothers. And what rewatching it now, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I definitely remember this. I definitely remember that moment. But looking at it, uh, I was like, okay, this definitely seems like something that would be in a Savage Steve Holland film, like, you know, uh, Better Off Dead or One Crazy yeah. Summer. And lo and behold, Savage Steve Holland created <laughs> this thing. I was like, what? Yeah, Steve I thought Holland I actually adapted it. Yeah, I actually thought this was a full series. I was convinced this ran for one season. Me too. And it was just a pilot episode that just aired over and over, you know. And for some reason, they never went beyond the pilot episode. It's only a half hour. Uh, CGI, exactly. uh, real early CGI. It looks kind of like reboot, um, you know, yeah. Beast Wars, this... that, that kind of animation. Yeah, no, and this was of course before uh, Toy Story, so this was definitely like one of the uh, one of the first uh, CGI like uh, uh, full segment of uh, CGI. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's, it's also, ton, there was tons of videos, <clears throat> like six of them. There's comic books, which is funny. It was a comic book from Harvey Comics, who also did the Stunt Dogs comics. So I wonder if Fox signed a deal with Harvey Comics, which I don't think Harvey's even around anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. I barely even remember Harvey. John Stalker, okay, he was in Stunt Dogs too. He must be a Canadian actor. Okay, I want to see who this guy. Oh, there's no picture, you bastards. I want to see who this actor is because I always curious because you know certain faces from Canadian movies and TV shows. Was did yes. There's a cartoon called Forget About It. I gotta know what this is. Hmm, sounds awfully familiar. Teletoons is exclusively on Hulu. It premiered 2013. It's about mobsters. It's an adult animated sitcom. I, okay, I gotta find this now. <laughs> Very, very interesting. Three seasons, 46 episodes, son of a bitch. Wow. Oh, what, forget about it? Yeah, I've never heard of this. Well, forget about it, kid. We're talking about the incredible crash dummies here. Come on. <laughs> All right. But yeah, no, oh, God, some of the voices in here. Uh, let's see, there's John Stalker, Dan Hennessy, James Rankin. Yeah, all uh, the comedic actors, they just don't know by name. I know. I'll have to look into them. I some They did sound awfully familiar. But when it came to Slick and Spin, I definitely felt like I was watching the Stork Brothers a bit from uh, One Crazy Summer. But sadly, one of them wasn't, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, oh my god. If this cartoon had been voiced by Bobcat and um, – shit, who's the other guy? He died really young. He was in Popcorn. I'm going to look this up. He, he uh, in Grease 2. He was what? He was in Grease 2 as well. Was he in Grease 2? I don't remember. Yeah, he was definitely one of the guys. He was one of the nerdy guys. Okay, Popcorn movie because it's not Eddie Deason. Uh, if you're thinking that, um, 
Okay, Popcorn. God, I know, I know he's, he's in a bunch of stuff around this time. I think he was in a TV show called We're Gonna Make It or Let's... Tom... God, Tom something. Uh, Tom, Tom Villard. Yeah, or however you pronounce it. Yeah, sadly, he yeah. died very young, but he was incredibly entertaining. I don't know a lot of actors who... I don't want to say iconic, but I mean, the minute you saw him... He was in Greece too. Son of a bitch. I didn't know that. You know that he was going to be entertaining. Oh, yeah, definitely. He was also in Heartbreak Ridge. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, We've Got It Made was a TV show. Okay. Oh, look at that artwork. Uh, One Crazy Summer, Popcorn, My Girl, Parasite. I remember him on Golden Girls. Uh, the A-Team. Uh, how do we get on this? Oh, the very last thing I think was In the Army Now. He's one of the guys that gets uh, Polly Shore fired. Um, of course. Yeah, I don't know how we went down this wormhole. But yeah, it would have been much more entertaining if it had been Bobcat and Tom Villard doing those voices. It's still it's still fun, though. It's, it's a phenomenon that a lot of people don't remember, like The Noid, which I thought there was a cartoon of The Noid, too, but I guess it was. It was just those uh, commercials Will Benton did. Right. Yeah, no, uh, again, uh, I really did. I really thought this was an actual full-on syndicated show. I mean, I remember watching this with my brothers and, you know, again, just like reenacting all the toys you know, making them slam into things because, you know, they're fucking crash systems. What are you supposed to do with toys? Yeah. Oh, my God. What if there been a Fall Guy cartoon? I'll just think about Stuntman. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, Lord. <laughs> fall Guy? Yeah. As in, like, that's all he does is just fall. Well, that's his know, job is just to fall. Well, you know, the TV show, right? Do you not know the TV show I'm talking about? I, I'm drawing a blank, sadly. Oh, the Fall Guy. It was uh, on for, like, seven years on ABC. It had... um. Shit, he was on uh, the Six Million Dollar Man. Why can't I think of it? Uh, 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 Lee Majors. Lee Majors. Thank you, thank you. Lee Majors and um, Heather Locklear was in it. I think no, not Heather Locklear. Uh, Heather Thomas and Marky Post. And he was an actor who was a stuntman, but he made so little money as a stuntman that um, uh, he would take jobs on the side, like you know, bail bondsman and uh, you know, uh, collector, you know, a, a repo man kind of thing. And it was always fun adventures, Ooh. and he has huge stunts. He had this badass track. He had a great song. Let me let me get the song going for you, because I want you to hear this. You you'll, you'll know the song because it was actually a top forty hit. Um, okay. Which he sang of all people. Here we go. You know the song, right? Now I do. <laughs> you didn't know that? Oh my god, that's crazy. It's funny is they were recording this, and I don't think it picked up at all. <laughs> oh yeah, the dead no, silence. No, no, I mean, I hear it, but yeah, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> okay, well, the people at home, you probably didn't even hear me play the Fall Guy because it's coming out of the computer, and then it's recorded on the computer, so it must have been weird. Um, okay, so it's awkward silence. So this episode was supposed to be filled in the back end by the friends of mine who were supposed to make their top ten list for the perfect Saturday morning. None of them got it done, even though they've had a month. <laughs> so instead of an hour long episode we have a half hour so uh awkward all right so um i had a plan i was trying to get some of the hanna barbera cartoons uh on our list I'll, I'll make a list of what we were going to watch see if i can get those episodes to you and that's my plan is trying to do one episode about the 60s hanna barbera cartoons maybe two because they did so much 70s 80s um and then i was thinking like stuff about filmation and then maybe an episode about ruby spears uh deke you know some of those big companies nelvana um yeah it's kind of the idea what i have going for this uh we're in our sixth season sixth oh, season can you believe that oh my god i know right um the other thing i was thinking is like that post simpsons boom uh where we had like a handful of cartoons in the early 90s like fish police and the uh, capital critters oh okay i think it was a couple others like duck man 
And then, um, oh, yeah. and then uh, the late '90s boom where we had like Mission Hill, um, God, the Devil, and Bob. I'm trying to think. Undergraduates. Of well, we did that one already. Um, okay. And the problem is I did a lot of those already, but I think there's enough to fill another episode. There's one I cannot find where David Spade did it for NBC. It was six episodes. They only aired two. It was called Sammy. It was about his con artist's father, and which is a true story. And I can't find episodes of it anywhere. But that, that's kind of the general idea of what we'll go through for the, the second half of this year. Maybe we'll do another episode about movies. I've been itching to discuss Page Master. <laughs> mm. I've never seen it. That's you know, a pr- uh, oh, my God. Yeah, animated movies of the that's 90s. A, a lot of those are lost. We and uh, uh, not lost, but I mean, people just don't talk about them. Like we're back. I want to. I want to watch that one. Uh, there's like Pebble and the Penguin, uh, Thumbelina, mm-hmm. uh, Cats Don't Dance. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Oh god, yeah. I love that one. It was a huge tribute to Gene Kelly. Yeah, and then there's like the whole Blue Sky movies, like the very beginning where he was robots, uh, um, Ice Age. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what else they did, but it feels like most of them has been Ice Age. But um, we, already, we did discuss Rodney Day, uh, Rover Day. We did do, too, yeah. We did the, the we did some, we did the animated movies in 1992. We covered that, but we haven't done we didn't get one done for 93 or 94 um, yet, and I didn't think about it for 91 or 90. Um, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Oh, and other DreamWorks animated movies, like the first five or six uh, films before Shrek destroyed everything, where they were just creating like whatever, just all these sort of strange movies that right. Uh, like uh, Prince of Egypt seems like such an oddball animated movie to make. You know, it's not funny. It's severely dramatic. <laughs> oh yeah, I know that was a bit of a twist. And voiced by Val Kilmer yeah. and Jeff Goldblum. Can't go wrong with Jeff Goldblum. No, you can't. Um, unless he turns into a fly. That 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 depends. Oh <laughs> yeah, no. that's that's when the uh, insect takes over yeah. and he's awake. Okay, uh, that is it. I, I'm padding this episode now. Thank you, Jacob, and I can't believe I made it through this episode. That first 10 minutes is kind of rough. I, I don't know why I couldn't get my brains just, like, collected. You did it, buckaroo! I'm so proud of myself. Okay, everybody, have a good night. Check us out on Facebook under Retro Rock Entertainment, and that's it. All right. Good night, everybody. Be excellent to each other.